Welcome to another edition of 43.6, the sports podcast you always wanted. I'm Dustin Perry, and I'm joined by James Key. Hello, James. Hello. And we're joined by Maddie Key. Hello, Maddie. Yo. You know, what we said just before we started recording was that this is the first time in like a month that the show starts and I can hear the intro music. <laughs> so every every week for the past few weeks, we've always kind of started the show saying, oh, you know, technical difficulties. And uh, you guys probably won't notice on the other end when you're listening to this episode. And thank you for listening to another episode. But I'll have you know that today thus far is going quite smoothly. And is we it? expect, well, <laughs> and we expect that smooth sail to uh, reach a crashing halt at some point. But before then, we do want to let you know that we are going to be talking about today Jersey advertisements, the newest version of the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. On my uh, notes, I wrote, I wrote Bucky because I, I can't spell, apparently. Um, Marcus Stroman on the list of topics. The core four, as much as I hate using that term, but easiest way to describe those fellows, and Ryan O'Reilly. And then to wrap things up, we're going to discuss our favorite... I shouldn't say favorite. Our sports bucket list items. All of that and a whole lot more coming up today on 43.6, which of course is brought to you by Now Your Treasures, which we will talk a bit more about later. But before we talk about all that, we do want to catch up on what's been going on in our lives in the past week or so since the last time we had a chance to discuss on this podcast. James, do you want to go first? Yes, I do. Because... I last- know exactly what this is because <laughs> I got the text at like 11.30 last night and I swear I thought he busted a nut. In the last 24 hours, in Sports Card Corner here, I have had the best like run of my life. So, I enter into breaks. I enter into breaks with uh, friends of the show. I don't know if they're friends of the show, but Relic Sports Cards, Young and Lawrence area. And another group called Elite Cards Toronto, which they uh, do breaks online from from like their own little facility. So anyway, lately I, I've been talking to you guys. I've been getting into some soccer breaks. And I'm not going to give away like my methodologies of how I pick teams or whatever. But traditionally I've been picking Liverpool because they're my favorite team. But some guy took Liverpool before me, so I got pissed off. And I said, well, I still want in this break, so I'm taking Real Madrid. And so that break is going to happen around 9 o'clock. In the meantime, last night, another friend of the show, JP, he's like, you know, I want to get into this baseball break at Relics. Or I sent it to him. I said, it's a good deal. You get three teams for X amount of dollars. So he's like, I'm in. I'm like, okay, fine. I'll jump in with you. Because, you know, it's, it's a fun, like, community thing. Dude, I get the Seattle Mariners in this break. And they're opening the boxes. And they go through the cards and all of a sudden a blue cardboard thing shows up and it's a redemption for a gold refractor auto of Julio Rodriguez. So I got a Julio Rodriguez autograph to 50. Right? And I'm like, "Holy the, shit. What what does to 50 mean?" It means there's yeah, only okay, 50 so of them. Be, yeah, don't 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 talk like everyone's an expert here. You got to give some context. <laughs> okay, numbered to 50. So there's only 50 of them. I see. Of this so which card. number of 50 do you have? I don't know. So they got to send me the redemption, then I'll find out. So okay, so you don't have the actual card in your hand yet. You yeah, because what happens 50. is they give a redemption when they couldn't get the card signed on time. So they put a redemption in, and then they'll send you the card, right? I see. Okay. 
So Julio Rodriguez, I mean, possibly top five player in the MLB. Uh, if what? you say so. You don't think Julio Rodriguez so. is a top five player? He's a good, he's a good player, yeah. I don't better, say he's a my bad call. Or Major League Baseball. Shohei. Shohei's by far number one. Okay, then who's after? Uh, Mookie Betts might be up there. Okay. Are we talking pitchers too? Because we're definitely throwing like no, Jacob no, DeGrom I'm talking, in there. No, no, I'm talking actual players, guys who play every day. See, you can't, past, you can't go past. You can't go past Mookie just Betts. Saying, I'm not saying. What, I, I'm just saying. I don't think he's necessarily the top five player anyway. in baseball. Because there's just so many different ways to grade baseball players, right? Like, you sure. Can, and I'm not disagreeing with you. Like Julio Rodriguez is a great player. He yeah. is arguably a a five tool player, which don't really exist, right? Like right. that's yeah. Mike Trout and no one else <laughs> really yeah. on, in the league. For so, sure. anyways, he's he's I understand very, he's very similar to yeah. Ken Griffey in the way he plays. Right, you'll so, watch it. As, as I said, similar. Calm down. Um, so anyway, he. Uh, so I get that, and I'm like, "Whoa, that's that's big. That's a big card." So I'm really stoked to get that. And a couple hours later, uh, they break the soccer break at the other group, and in the second box, they start revealing the cards, and they pull. They go, "Oh my God, it's a dual auto." And I said, it's for Real Madrid and PSG. So, which means that I get to, I have to split. Like, it, it's me and somebody else have this card. So, hang on. So, first of all, when I see Real Madrid and PSG, I think, oh my God, it's Ronaldo and Messi. Like, I'm going to lose my mind, right? Um, but they reveal it, and it's actually Vinny Jr. and Neymar Jr., which is still massive. So, it's both of those guys' autographs on this card. So, now it belongs to me and this other guy. So we're discussing how much the value is, whether we want to, one guy wants to buy the other guy out, which I don't have the money. I don't want to buy this guy out on this card. Uh, or we pull together, we sell it and split the money, right? So as I'm looking up like the value of this card, I, I, I hear this guy's good to randomize it. I'm like, oh shit, this guy wants to go randoms for this card. So I'm like, you know what? Fuck it, let it ride. So I go, let's randomize it, fuck it. So they randomized the dice roll uh, seven times, and then they randomized the name seven times. And I close my eyes because I can't look. And then at the end, I just hear my name, and I'm like, holy shit. So in the span of two hours, dude, I probably got like $3,000 worth of cards. Like just <laughs> just totally random. So um, yeah, super lucky. I, I've ne I never get those. I see guys hit this shit all the time, and I'm like, fuck, man, that'd be nice. And for once, it was nice. It was nice to feel like... Like a winner, you know? Not you like Lloyd Christmas all the time. Chicken dinner? One pathetic loser, you know? So, yeah, it was, it was actually really cool. So, there, there are two. Like, immediately, a guy offered me to buy the Julio. And I was like, you know what? Nah, I kind of like this player. I want to hang on to it. The, the Neymar and Vinny, like, it's a really cool card to have in the collection. But I might. There's a sports card expo in November. I might try and parlay it into something else. But that's. That's the biggest like story of my week is is that, but it, they're both cool to have in like a collection. So that's right. it. No, I was gonna say. Speaking of Lloyd Christmas, I sent Dustin the meme of Lloyd Christmas, and well, we can't all be Mister Perfect, and it was Mister Perfect walking down the ramp. <laughs> that was good. Like it just when move or really enjoyed from your history, kind of can intersect with other interests like that in a meme sense it's just life just feels 
Life finds a way. So, no, my my week. After Goldblum. Yo, he was, dude could get it back in that like film. He could still I'm get sure, it. I'm sure Goldblum still gets it. Oh, that dude, he's oh. the man. I watched him on Hot Ones. He's just, he's awesome. And then I watched his sneaker collection episode on Complex the other day, and it was really good. He's actually a big sneaker head. Um, yeah, so no, my week, I don't know, not much. Uh, honestly, because like we're getting ready to go to Ireland for a week. So on Friday, a week from now, um, so roughly about two weeks. Yeah, we're going to Ireland for a week. So going back to one of the motherlands to discover some of the heritage, to enjoy, you know, some of the culture. It's somewhere that we've I've always wanted to go and we were supposed to go. But um, literally the week before the whole covid shutdown of everything where like flights got canceled and everything like that and they shut borders down and everything they started saying like hey you know if you're abroad you should you know maybe try to get home or something like that because we don't know what it'll look like in a few days they shouldn't um, call one abroad anymore i said abroad <laughs> if this you're guy. abroad you should try and come home <laughs> oh my god anyway so <laughs> We, yeah, we were um, we were sitting there, and then two days later, they the announcement said, you know, get home because if you're abroad, you're not getting back in easily. So then we we said, okay, we should cancel our flight then because we were supposed to fly out three days after that to go to Ireland for a wedding. So no, I'm excited to go. So yeah, just getting ready for that. It'll be the first one with the with the kid. So we'll see how that goes. See if she's good on a plane or if she's going to be an absolute nightmare um no that's pretty much all i've done because that's all i have time for these days <laughs> the kid so no it's cool nothing as exciting as pulling like 4k worth of cards potentially more because like if if you hold on to that julio rodriguez and he ends up going on an absolute burner of a career and then retires in the hall of fame dude yeah, that's yes, a good sir. point. I mean, I expect Julio Rodriguez to have a Hall of Fame career, at least the way he's started his career. Yeah. Now, so, anyway, you. If uh, Matt is going to be away, that means we might have some wrestling-heavy podcasts coming up. And along those lines, this weekend, I did get a chance to watch Impact Wrestling's pay-per-view at Slammiversary. It was good. And... I'm trying to think what the hell happened. Oh, so that was on a Saturday night. And this is what happened on Saturday. So months ago, I had told Sebastian Suave, like, hey, I can't make it to this Smash Wrestling event that's in God knows where, Ontario. Mount Forest, sir. Because Mount Forest, sure, whatever. Right, exactly. Where? Hey, oh, yeah, hey, I don't know. So I said, I can't make it. And he said, sure, no problem. It's not like a major show or anything, whatever. And I said, yes, I'm going to concert that night. And Maddie, if I'm going to a concert, who was I going to go see? Alexis on Fire. That's right. Alexis on Fire was playing in London, Ontario with Billy Talent and Silverstein. But when I got that, that's, that morning... That's a Canadiana show right oh, there. Yeah. And yeah, by the sure way, is. I bet you Silverstein fucking killed it. Yeah, Not probably. But when I got up that morning <laughs> and... <laughs> oh, oh no, I didn't go. Yeah, so like, I looked at the weather forecast. I'm like, fuck this. I am not sitting out in the rain all day for... Uh, as you guys know, a band I've seen dozens of times like, this year. You know, I, right? Like it's <laughs> it's not the end of the world if I miss an Alexa Fire concert. So, 
I did not end up going. Uh, James, a, a mutual friends of ours, did end up going. I and, did see that uh, on the gram. Did did she, I don't know if you saw the video that she sent, or she right. sent, or maybe she sent it to me specifically. It doesn't matter. But she showed a video, sent me a video of the, like her and her friend, like just soaking, like just <laughs> rain pouring down on them. I'm like, yep, that is why. I she said, goes to as much Alexis on Fire shows as you do. Every single one that I go to, like mm-hmm. I see her at literally every show. Yeah. So actually funny story about the torrential thing oddly enough we did warp tour one year downtown at ontario place and it was the year where it was like flash flood where we got like the whole year's worth of rain in the span of like two hours and we were soaked to the point where it's like your phone in your pocket stopped working and it was totally going to be in the race and it got so uncomfortable driving that jim me um i think it was rob and like two of our other friends had to like strip down to underwear and we're driving in a car back out of there just in our underwear because yeah. our clothes were so soaked we and uncomfortable so and people are looking four, at four guys in a car in their boxers because it was so soaked and uh Jesus. and they kept everyone under the budweiser stage thing until the rain stopped and then they kept the show going which was wild yeah. um and apparently some bands got up and did like acoustic stuff on the I think I don't remember. I think I remember hearing that, but yeah, I was kind of bummed because yeah. like all my favorite bands were there that year, and we had to leave. But I saw you went to another show. Yeah, yeah. So actually, yeah, I, that was on Sunday. My nephew's band was playing at Hard Luck Bar, so I had to go by and looked uh, looked band. like enthusiastic fans, which is always good. Yeah, yeah I mean it's. Uh, it's cool. Like they're just going out on tour now. So like I guess on Saturday they were in um, Hamilton and then Toronto to yesterday. And then later this week they'll be in Winnipeg and then Calgary and then Vancouver and then somewhere in Saskatchewan and I don't know. There's a whole bunch of dates. It's pretty cool. That's that cool. they're doing like right across the country and then going to the US as well. But I should say the impact show was good. I looked at the card and I was like, I'm gonna watch the show. And it was very good. It was. And I jokingly said to you, I'm like, man, they've been doing, they literally said on commentary, this is the 49th Ultimate X match. They can't keep <laughs> and the it up X, there. That they damn X fell down. I'm like, God damn it, guys. Either they plan on this or like, it's like, it's an inside joke or they really can't figure it out, which is wild. But you know what? Good house. Um, they were running at St. Clair College in, in Windsor, Ontario. It looks like they jammed as many people in that building as they could, which is cool. It's cool to see Impact doing well because, I mean, the more of these wrestling companies that are successful, it's beneficial to everyone else involved. More, yeah, yeah, more places to work, etc. Which is very nice to see. Also, uh, there's so much wrestling going on this weekend. It's 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 nuts because you also have AEW Collision on Saturday nights. And listen, I have been literally before the show started banging my head against the wall dealing with fucking Rogers. And they're not, they're no Bell Media. Like, don't get me wrong. Bell, Bell is the worst of the worst. But Rogers can just be such a pain in my ass sometimes. But it's still miles ahead of Bell. Anyways, the point is, what I'm trying to get to here is that I like the fact that I can just set my DVR, PVR, whatever the fuck you want to call it. I can just set it to record collision. And I don't have to figure out, like, all right, Where? is it on... <laughs> TSN 3 tonight at 4 a.m.? Like, what fucking channel is this on? What time is it on? It just figures out that newest episode of Collision's up? Cool. And it records it, and I can watch it Sunday morning. So, Collision's yeah. awesome. Yeah, and the rest I don't of know if you have a chance to watch something, it. There's something uh, 
classic about watching wrestling on like a Sunday, Saturday morning, like 10 a.m. Like, Superstars? like when Superstars used to be on or WCW Saturday night, I think used to get replayed in the morning and stuff like that. So that is fucking cool. But yeah, Collision's a good show, man. Like I like it. I like it that it's 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 work focused. Like FTR and and Bullet Club Gold going like 52 minutes is fucking nuts on a Saturday. So and it was never boring. It was no. They were going the whole time. It was a really good match. And then there was a. I don't think it was this week's on Collision. I think it was the week before, where CM Punk was like walking back to the up the ramp after his match or whatever. I think it was after his promo. It doesn't matter. Um, and he stops by this guy who has a sign that says Chicago doesn't deserve Bedard. It's like ah, <laughs> that's fucking right. They don't. That's, that's a good. That's a good one. Did he? Did he address it? Oh yeah, he's like he. Like he, it was on camera. Like he walked up, saw the sign, like posed with the guy, pointed at the sign, and laughed, and kept walking. That's yeah, because they're on a tour of Canada, right? So they're in they're in Canadian cities. They're in Calgary Saturday. That's that's clever. Speaking like I know this is a complete di- digression, but like that kid's gonna be so good. <laughs> yeah, and the reason why I bring that up because he signed that three year entry level contract yeah. this week, which I think tops out at like four and a half million if he hits all his performance bonuses. Yeah. That's Which had to be the easiest contract to sign, you think, right? Like, you, you're like, what's the maximum we can give him? Okay, 900, cool. And what's the maximum bonuses for? Okay, cool. <laughs> Here you go, kid. Yeah, on his ask, birthday. Ask Lamorello. Oh, yeah, on his birthday. On his birthday too. Yeah. But ask Lamorello that because he tried to hardball Matthews and, like, restrict the performance bonuses so that he only got, like, so they go through. So the por- performance bonuses, and I don't know if you guys are interested in this. I'm sure Jim's aware, but, like, for the greater, I guess, audience, um, the way the performance bonus works in the NHL is it's not like you set them out. It's like schedule A and schedule B. So it's like a package that you sign. So they Marner, I think, only got schedule B bonus is in part as part of his like entry level. And they wanted to do the same with Matthews, but he kind of was like, F you. And then like it's apparently the first one in like 20 years that Lamorello's given out a schedule A and full max bonuses and on an entry level deal. I wish I got that kind of money. That'd be fantastic. I know, eh? Like for, could you imagine four and a half sheets at it as like a 19-year-old playing hockey? If I made that much money, like I could just pay someone to deal with the nonsense I was dealing with when I got home from work today. So <laughs> I got a message from one Brad Myers. And he said to me, what did he exactly did Brad Meyer say to me? He said, uh, fuck, I'm not going to be able to find it. But basically, he has, was asking me, does your WWE network work? Like, what the fuck's going on? I'm like, uh, I don't know. So I, I go to WWE network and it doesn't work anymore. I'm like, cool. Fan fucking tastic. And this is the game that I have been running around and playing since day one of this goddamn network. Because if you recall, James, when the WWE Network first launched, it didn't launch in Canada. So we, so all, we all spoofed had to f- U.S. accounts. <laughs> so we all went, got like a, a free trial of ExpressVPN, got a seven-day trial, and we signed up, and I made up my zip code was 90210, and signed up with your PayPal account. That was another big one. You had to use yep. a PayPal account because you knew the trace the credit card. Yeah. Right. So PayPal account, 90210. Cool. I have a, a WB network subscription to the US. But then the U then the US stopped offering this network. Went to Peacock. And they're on the cock. 
So now we can't get the cock in Canada. Not that we would want it, because the peacock version of WWE Network is ass, apparently. Bastardized, yeah. So I'm like, fuck, okay. And I didn't want to use the Canadian one, because at the time, I didn't have a television subscription. So I'm like, I can't get the WWE Network without a television subscription in Canada. Like, you have to go through Rogers. At the time, it was exclusively Rogers. I think there's a number of television providers that have it now. Nevertheless, didn't have a television subscription at the time. I said, fuck it, I'll find another way. So I went and I made up a fake address in the UK. Another um, NordVPN this time, free seven-day trial, and signed up to the UK. And then that one got nerfed. And now the UK is through like Sky Sports or something. Like, fuck, all right, fine. Now I'm Australian. And I signed up to another VPN service, and I was using Australia. And then that one got fucked over. And most recently, as far as WWE knows, and I'm sorry, Nick Khan, if you're listening to the show, I know you do uh, enjoy the show. Um, as far as WWE is concerned, I live in Italy now. And Mind that's, how I've, <laughs> that's how I've been getting the network as an Italian citizen, of course, which of is course. where I live. As one does. But now, as of today, I mean, we noticed it today, but I've been using the network fairly regularly over the past week. So I think it happened today. There was an update that was pushed out on their webpage, and they now can tell that. I mean, they know, I think they always knew that I was a Canadian, but if you have a subscription, there's basically, they couldn't tell if you are a legitimate Italian who just happens to be in Canada today. So you have a subscription in Italy, but you can't lock them out of their account just because they're in Canada for that day. It doesn't matter. Or maybe they could, they just never thought about it. So an update came out, and now my subscription is blocked again. So no, that was the nonsense network? I was dealing with today. I had, I had to then cancel my WWE Network account. And now, since I do have a television subscription, I am now a Canadian network subscriber, which pains me to do. But they also like changed the network on the webpage, too. Like It sucks now. Like It, it, it almost mimics the Peacock version. So if there's something you're specifically looking for, you're fucked. Like you're just gonna it's have to hope that's to find. on the. It's impossible. No, it's like you have to like really. So what I used to do, I would go on kicks from like you know what? I'm just gonna watch a random pay per view from like 1994. So I'll just go to the pay per views and go to 1994 and pick one. But now you can't do that. You have to know the specific name of the show you're looking for in the search bar. So you just have to know that like the May 1995 pay per view was called. I don't know, good friends, better enemies or some bullshit. Like you'd have to know that or you'll never be able to find this fucking show. It's just what on earth have you done guys? This is just, this is bad. It's, it's horrendous. Also speaking of Brad Myers, I saw this man post beginner golf clubs for sale on Facebook. And let me tell you, listen, let me tell you if Brad Myers is thinking about bailing on the Barry wrestling golf tournament or the, Ferris Lane or whatever for the youth group, I, we're, we're going to have to have a chat. Like, he better be selling them See, because he got better clubs. Well, that's what I'm hoping. And yes, I'm like you. I've, every time I go on Facebook, I see a, a post on Marketplace that Brad has been trying to sell these golf clubs for the past three months. But I like to believe that he has new golf clubs and he's getting rid of his old ones. I'm starting to think my golf game is horrendous because of my golf clubs. Nope. Nope. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll tell. No, I'll, <laughs> I thought quick. that was really quick and kind of cold. I'm sorry, <laughs> but no, it's like because you know what? I watch a lot of golf TikTok and a lot of golf Instagram and a, just a lot of golf in general. 
And a lot of what they say is, is, you know, realistically, a club may help you, you know, five, 10% of the time, because I was thinking of buying a new set of clubs. I was thinking of getting a $2,500 set of King Cobras, like forged irons. And, um, all that's like everything they said is like, they, yeah, it might help a little bit, but not enough to justify the price. Also, I have a friend who's a really, like a really, really good friend. He's like on the Canadian, like amateur tour. Like this dude's really good. He was university golfer, everything like that. He even said, he was like, trust me, it's not worth it. He was just like, whether I'm hitting, you know, a cheap, you know, $800 set versus like a $2,000 custom set. He was just like, honestly, it may make two, three strokes overall a difference. It's like like, the dude playing beer league, having a $500 twig and being like, this baby's going to notch me 50 this year. It's like, buddy, (laughs) you play beer league. Number one, two, you got to know how to shoot before you fucking get a stick. So not that I'm saying you're that guy. I'm just saying like, I don't know that you would make a discernible difference for you with, with new clubs. But I I mean, if you're going to get new clubs, I suggest getting a new set. That's on the, like the mid end, like the 700, $800 sets. But don't go out and drop like a G note on clubs. No, I'm not going to spend a dime on clubs. I play golf once a year at this one tournament, and that you should just play more. Yeah. Oh yeah. Come, come out with us. We play a lot. He works. Yeah, but works. He's, I'm sure he's got vacation time. We'll we'll see. But I'm also actually I didn't even <laughs> consider. I actually didn't even consider this. How like I mean, this golf tournament's like in September or something. But my ankle's still fucked, so. I can only imagine like trying to swing a golf club and pivot on my uh, ankle that is swollen constantly. So we shall see. Speaking of golf clubs, though, I get a text from my cousin last night because he found another auction site similar to Rightbit, Jim, and he sent it to me. And he's like, the pickup place is actually like three, four minutes from him. So he said, if we ever want anything, he'll grab it for us. But um, he was like, <laughs> I get a text. Hey, is there any real difference between a female driver and a male driver? <laughs> And I'm like, eh, like the, the shaft will be a little bit more whippy because obviously like women on average can't get the swing speed you need for the stiffer shaft on a male club. And I was like, also the club head might be a little lighter. So, you know, although those things are light as fuck anyway, he's like, right. And then he's like, all right, cool. Thanks. Two hours later, I get a notification of a screenshot dude bought from this auction, a female version of the new Callaway paradigm driver. And he was like, yo, it was a hundred bucks, whatever, brand new. So he, uh, yeah, it was just pretty funny. Enjoy. Good old blueberry. You know, we talked about it last week and that we weren't sure if there's going to be a whole lot of sports stories for us to talk about, given that this is one of the quieter weeks in all of professional sports with, of course, the all-star break happening for a part of last week, at least. And obviously there's no, major things happening in the NHL or the NBA. And there's a couple NFL things floating around. Like, you know, you hear that story of the Jets have sold out, like, all their practices. Practice. Over the next, <laughs> yeah, their practices. Are we talking about Dude. practice? Talking about practice. Yeah, They're, that was, they're America's team so, now. I, I mean, that's a good point. They actually could be. And Dude, they're on hard knocks. Just all of a sudden stop working. <laughs> they're on hard knocks this year. Hard knocks, yeah. They're America's team. And yeah, this one yeah, Canadian's. Yeah. Yeah, Jets are on hard knocks. Aaron Rodgers is going to deliver a Super Bowl to New York. Watch. But in addition to that, what I thought was really surprising was 
tuning into some baseball after the All-Star break. And then all of a sudden, we see an advertisement on the Blue Jays jerseys. I was like, where, where did the fuck this come from? Like, when did this happen? And like, out of nowhere, this just popped up. And if you haven't seen it, it's on the shoulder of their left side, I believe. And it's just a big, bright green TD patch. And it's like, well, what? Like, where? Do, why did this happen? And I, I mean, I know why it happened because obviously it's they're like their biggest sponsor. And yeah, y- you want the money, obviously. So I understand that. It's just it looks horrendous. At least with the Maple Leafs, when they did the the TikTok thing, or the milk. it was on their helmet and it was the same color. So you're thinking, okay, it's not too bad. And the milk was the white just on the jersey. So like at least it blended it in with the blue and white aesthetic. But this one, it's bright and green. It looks listen, so bad. Now, you listen to me, and you listen good right now. If you want the money to sign Shohei Otani to a $600 million <laughs> deal, you put whatever the fuck you want on that jersey, okay? You put TD, RBC, CIBC, ABC, F-U-C-K, I-N-G. doesn't matter. KFC? Put it all on the jersey. I don't care. Yeah. Not that I'm saying they're going to go for Shohei, but obviously you're right. right. A, it's, it's money, That's right? a good point because that's what like a lot of people are saying, that Shohei might get a $600 million deal because they're going to pay him. I shouldn't say they, but whomever gets Shohei Otani is going to say, all right, you're a $300 million batter and a $300 million pitcher, and we're going to give you two contracts, and away you go. Would you be more surprised if he doesn't get the $600 million or if he does get the $600 million? Oh, I'd, be, I'd still be surprised if he got six hundred million. That, I think that's so unprecedented in baseball. Well, we thought Bryce Harper was going to get five hundred, right, on yeah, his contract, and he, and he came in way but, under. No, but he got offered that, and he tried to play hardball, and he ended up leaving and going to Philly, and he tried to dick around a little bit. Like he could have signed a five hundred million dollar deal with the Nats, but he just decided but, not. But well, no, we thought took. it was going to come from the Yankees. Now, I, don't I mean, we don't know that that far. Eh. But I, I just think. I think if there's any player in any sport that we've seen over the past like 25, 30 years in terms of like team sports, Shohei Otani is the one guy that you could definitely make a good case to say he's worth 600 million. Yeah. Especially in baseball, like relative to the sport salary and structure. Listen, uh, yeah. I'm not saying that the patches is, is the reason to raise money for that contract for that guy, but I mean, it's. But if it helps. <laughs> yeah. Right. But um, I mean, that, it's probably part and parcel to do with renovations, right? Like the renovations cost money. You know, um, I, is is grass dead in that facility? I know they were talking about doing grass. They've given up on that. Yeah, I think there was an interview and I don't remember exactly when it happened, but I remember someone asked them about it recently. Them being Ross and Mark Shapiro. Shatkins? Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro. Shatkins, as it were. And they had said, like, so is grass still on the table? And they said, yeah, we kind of hoping people forgot about that. <laughs> That's just not going to happen. So, which, yeah, grass is off the table. Because, like, you can do it in New York. You can do it in Chicago, where they get, like, pretty bad weather also in, in Detroit and shit like that. Granted, I know a lot of the time those fields aren't, like, multi-purpose in the way that the Sky Dome tends to sometimes be multi-purpose a little bit. But um, I just... I don't know. Why not do something like in Arizona? If you're putting all this money into like renovations, why not do something where you can drop the grass or whatever in the field or roll it in and out? And t- it's 2023. Part- 
I yeah. refuse to believe that they can't figure out a way. They had an outdoor hockey game in Texas. Yeah. You can figure out grass at the Sky Dome. Yeah. It's I'm not, not hard. Are you all right, pal? <laughs> yeah. My, I don't know if it's my microphone that's crackling up. Can you guys hear me fine? Yeah, you're yeah. fine. Okay. I don't know. It's either my that or my mixer is freaking out or my headphone amplifier is freaking out. But Our mixers heads are falling off. Um, there's... <laughs> I, it's it's definitely because I had said like oh no technical difficulties so if it sounds fine <laughs> on your end like it's fine yeah. but it's just on my end I'm just crackling like crazy and it's driving me nuts. Oh. But yeah, I don't I like I don't even find the <laughs> where where I don't even find the uh, I don't find the patch that egregious and you want to know why? Because I think my eyes are already trained to see TD around that stadium. Like they you're the trained TD. to see TD. Pardon. You're trained to see TD. No, I know, but like, like I see it at the backstop. I see the the TD club zone. Like, I just, I feel like they're already naturally integrated. So the logo, yeah. on it, even though it's green, and I get it, it's kind of antithetical to the to the you know aesthetic of the jersey. I don't. It doesn't stick out as bad to me because I always kind of associated TD with the Jays anyway. You know, like I think they could have gone a little less massive with it because it is not like it a simple big. it's a big it's patch. huge yeah it's almost bigger than the logo on you know some of the crests that your teams have on the patch of their shoulder for like you know how they have their main and then there's the little circle logo they have on the arm it's like the orioles have it i believe and it's it's much bigger than that i think it's just I get the nature of it and it's like, you know, it's business and you have to do this if you want to, you know, because nowadays you just, you can't sustain a team strictly on gate and you can't sustain a team strictly on, you know, apparel sales and Jersey sales and shit like that. So like, I understand that, but man, just across all sports, I just, I hate the advertisements on jerseys. Like soccer doesn't bug me as much because like, it's always been there to me. But then when you see baseball and basketball and football and hockey and you start seeing it come on there and you're just, it was one of those things that forever seemed like taboo in North American sports. Like you don't do it to the Jersey. And now we're seeing so much. It drives me nuts. So as salaries for players increase, right? Like this to me from the, like you said, from the business side of things, it's the only way to keep tickets from skyrocketing, right? Is well, they already have. Yeah, but but how much worse would it be? Uh, honestly, like if we're talking about Shohei Otani getting six hundred million dollars, like you have to make that money back somewhere, and it's not like the Jays are, you know, sure they're Canada's team, but it's not like they're selling oodles and noodles of merch out in, you know, the U.S. So all I know is now, if I get a Vladimir Guerrero patch auto and it's green and white, I know, <laughs> I know where that patch came from on my card. Yeah, it's. I, I and it's to avoid a lot of impact to fan bases as well. I don't think that's the main intention. Obviously, the intention is you're willing to give us eight hundred and fifty yeah, million revenue. dollars to put. Yeah, like I get that, but I, I'm sure there's been consideration to say, you know, to talk around us and play it as if we don't do this, your ticket prices go up even further. Like it's a it's a balancing act. Um, yeah, cause I, you can't you can't price especially in like sorry not to cut you off but I think you're on to a point oh, like yeah. you can't with the Blue Jays and where they are and the market and who they compete with in terms of sports in the city like you can't afford to price yourself out of the community 
Like, I really don't right. think you can. Like, if they get too expensive, I think the Jays are an easy act to say, fuck it, I'm not going. Right? Right. Compar- comparatively to the other sports, when you have a team who just won a or championship not long ago. Other things ago, in general release- in the summer. Right. And that's the other thing, too, is, is you know, in the winter, the Leafs and Raptors are very fortunate to be the main teams in one of the biggest cities in the world in one of the harshest winter climates you're going to find. So there's not much to do in the winter around here. So it's like, well, let's go to the hockey and let's go to a basketball game, right? Where the Jays, conversely, for the two and a half months of actual decent weather we get in a year here, that you got to compete with festivals. You got to compete with shit like Wonderland. You got to compete with shit like the beach, you know, all, the beach, like everything, right? It's, hey, do I want to spend $400 with my, or $700 because my buddy did it with him, his wife and three kids a couple weeks ago. He's like, to go down there, food, tickets, everything, it was $700. And so he was telling me, you know, sometimes you were like, hey, I can pay that $700. Or he was just like, yeah, you go, you know, up north for, you know, a couple days and, you know, stay at the beach or something like that or go camping or something. He's like, it's a third of the cost. Right. So, yeah. And you get more out of it in terms of time. So I definitely see how tough it is. I just think this is a real opportunity for someone in that space to be really creative and to kind of really find out ways to generate revenue that is almost passive and unnoticed in terms of impact to fans and things like that. You know? It's interesting because if you look at like the Blue Jays this season, their attendance is up. Yeah. Like they are year over year, they have 250,000 more people going to the games. And per game, that's like an extra 5,600 people per game. For sure. So you, you also have a like, this is going to get into like really minutiae now, but whatever. You also have a generational shift of guys that were 10 years old, 11, 12, 13, during. Edwin hitting walk-offs and Jose's seventh inning bomb. Like those guys are now 17, 18, 19, 20, right? So if you generated new fans in that era, it's now paying off. So I wouldn't I would expect those guys to now go to games and, and the attendance to be up. But eventually, you know, you have to find a way to mitigate. Like again, I don't think I don't think any owner in today's climate goes, especially with inflation and Canadians carrying the most credit card debt and leisure spending and disposable income being probably at an all-time low, I don't think you could find any owner being like, I can't wait to jack ticket prices. Like, it, it just, it, do, it doesn't look good, and it doesn't it doesn't do as much of a benefit to the team and the, the business of the team, as I think, it's like, it's not that easy, I think is what I'm saying, right? And I don't think they want it to be that easy. Like, again, I don't think it, it's in their best interest to do it. So, they, like, alternative forms of revenue are very, very important. So like, I, like for, I guess we'll talk about it later, but I have like a bucket list thing. I've never looked into the tickets, but I can't imagine they're that expensive. But I'll talk about yeah. it in the bucket list section. Yeah. But it's just, I, I feel like I just want, I get it that the sponsors are now a, it's a thing that is going to have to exist just based on the, the how you know, sports are. You guys are right. Like it, they, they need the money. They need the revenue streams, and you don't want to just milk your audience of that money. I just want it to fit. I just want it to make sense, not be so obtrusive. 
right? It's just like we were talking about UFC last week where for whatever reason they figured it out of how to implement products in the right places. It's funny you it's funny you okay. say that because I went back and watched some some like old UFCs and I think I figured it out of why it works so well is because it's not in your face in the way that it is for things like you know hockey, baseball, football, soccer, and things like that. And also, too, one really subtle thing I noticed is when they do the panels, and you know how you have like the tail of the tape, and it's like brought to you by Manscaped, right? Um, they just integrate it so well in terms of their script and the coloring that they use is all works that it all blends together and you don't visually notice it. For I, you know what I think, I think it's been there for so long and that too. those things are generally noisy anyway. Like mats are noisy. They've always been noisy. And I think you just, it's integrated because I feel like it's always been integrated. Like UFC is prize fighting, right? So like the idea of sponsors, it, boxing i mean for like boxing's been very much uh a sponsored thing too so i i think that natural thing there i was thinking about that too and i think it's just because it's always been noisy i think when we talk about you know it's okay here's a good example did you notice when they started putting ads on the ice not really. I feel like it's always been there, but I mean, but it, it wasn't. probably hasn't. Right. Yeah, but, you, but you're so used to seeing it on the boards that it just felt like it just, it just like swam into the ice, right? Like it just. Well, so the one thing I will say about hockey, there's a couple things here. One, those digital boards they had this year. So bad. Were so bad, man. Dude, when players How many got times lost they would, in like, them? Yeah. <laughs> guys would glitch out or you have players get lost in, in the green screening and referees would appear and disappear. It was bad. Yeah. They did and figure it out. Though, then you get like, TikTok videos. Season, TikTok yeah, videos. Like the they, lizard people it, are real. Watch this. <laughs> it's an yeah. NHL guy glitching but, the boards. I will say they did figure that out, though. Like As the season went on, you can tell that it got much better as it went on. It did, but, anyway, but it but, freaked me but, out sometimes. Like my, it, sometimes my eyes were just like, "What the yeah. fuck?" Yeah, sorry, <laughs> During the playoffs, I remember watching a Leafs game with someone who's not a hockey fan at all, and their comment was, "Man, there's so many advertisements for stuff that's like not even products that you can buy, like AWS and SAP. It's like all this database software solutions where it's like." Who the fuck? Like, why are you saying like, yeah, I'm joining this hockey game. You know what? I need some AWS in my life. I'm going to go <laughs> contact my account manager. We're going to figure out this. Uh, yeah, I can use some hosting. A new solution for you know us. What I need? I need hosting. That's what I need. Right? But you know, what? the other thing that freaks me out was the the ads that were motion. Like it was, I remember one being a car and the car would go around the boards and then my eyes would follow the car. And then I, I yeah. lost sight of the game. That was really annoying. I hated that. I hate the one they project on the glass behind the goalie during power plays. That For, was bad you too. don't see you don't see it so much in the Canadian games, but you see it a lot in the American feeds. But um, that one's terrible. Um, I hate that one. Or yeah, the, anything that moves during the play that kind of takes your attention away from the the state of the play is annoying. I, I also hate the one that you see a baseball sometime where they project it on the field similar to like they do on the glass in hockey. They do it on the mound. It. They put it on the mound. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. so annoying. Like there's some of these that can really work. Yes. And 
I think UFC was a great example of stuff that works. But again, maybe James is right. Maybe we just we're just so used to it that yeah. maybe it doesn't work as well as we think it does. I remember when I was in college, I did this presentation on product placement and like my the general idea and theme of the the presentation was like how advertising is kind of going in this direction and I was so right and this was like 10 years ago. In any event, I showed one example of like here's something that really makes sense. And here's a great way to use product placement. And it was an episode of The League. Actually, let me tell you also the, the I had like two side by side. Like here's an episode of The League. Here's a great example of how product placement should work. And here's uh, an episode of WWE Monday Night Raw. Here's a horrible <laughs> way to use product placement. And James, I don't know if you remember this, but there was an episode of Monday Night Raw that I think was like uh, commercial free or something. Like I don't know if the entire two or three hours of commercial free, but whatever. It was, and I remember this shot vividly. It was Michael Cole on commentary. I think it might have been Jerry Lawler with him. It might have been JBL. I don't know who it was. But I remember seeing Michael Cole, and then in between him and his uh, color commentator was just a bucket of KFC. <laughs> just like with chicken like overflowing out of this bucket. I'm like, this is just. <laughs> That's pretty good. You know, but on the other. It says to me like someone couldn't figure out, like, fuck it, just throw the chicken down there. Just, just put, it on the, put it on the desk and they'll figure it out. <laughs> But then I would show an episode of the league where a bunch of the guys are having their fancy football draft and they're all standing around drinking beer, but they all very clearly have the Bud Light label like facing out as they're drinking beer and enjoying their draft. I'm like that just that makes sense. So I feel yeah. like if we're going in the direction of all this product placement, these ads, I'm just saying I just want it to make sense. Yeah, I think you also I just, have a romanticized relationship with these two sports that have a history where it didn't exist right like that's you know there you blackwell the classics the good old days the the babe, babe ruth never had anything on his sweater or whatever right. and and frank mahovlich never had an ad on his jersey but like fucking you best believe you know ken shamrock or whoever came out to the cage with sponsors on their shorts right like it's just it's just different, I think. Different eras and, and of existence and different, you know, styles. I mean, especially for those things, they had to they didn't have a hundred years to build a legacy, right? So a hundred years to build revenue and fan bases. So you know Well, you, they didn't have the television numbers on their games that right. like it's we romanticized those looks of those players, but like they didn't have the worldwide distribution that they have now in the eyes on them that allows them this opportunity to right. do something but like, like we this. look at NHL free agency. Guys got stupid money. Guys yeah. guys got money they never should have gotten, right? They should have never Terrible. paid these guys money. And <laughs> they did. And, you know, some of these teams, like, they got to pay for that. Like, and especially in NHL, like, not, these teams aren't all, like, loaded owners or loaded organizations that can afford to, to bleed every year it's why you know as much as we should talk batman i mean his job is to keep the league afloat like if there's no league there's no batman if the league's not thriving like batman doesn't have a job he doesn't get paid so you know it's the same thing with the jays jersey i know we're kind of all over the place on this but you know being the only team in canada stuff like that like is any other team have this i don't think so i think no they're the fifth team to do it now oh, yeah, so when it happened it came out to say they were fifth even, I mean, they're playing the Diamondbacks who had an ad on their jersey as well, like as they're playing that series. So I had no idea what on earth that advertisement was for. But that might also be a similar 
situation where if I'm an American from Arizona watching this game of my Diamondbacks playing the Toronto Blue Jays, you'll see a T and a D on their arm. You're like, I have no fucking clue what that means. Uh, <laughs> like the TD's got a big space in the states. In Arizona, just like overall in the states, they're one of the they're like one of the bigger banks in the states. Really? Yeah, because of the stability, right? Because they are strikingly stable. Um, obviously here, but in the U.S., like you go to New York, especially there's TDs all over the place. Well, okay, fine. Maybe TD is a bad example, but you get the idea. Like yeah. there's some things that are like, like the Maple Leafs where milk, they have milk, <laughs> they have milk in Arizona. Arizona guys are like, what the fuck are these guys talking about milk? What is milk? But they don't know that's the C- Canadian dairy farmers of Ontario, yeah. whatever the fuck it's called, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It just says milk. <laughs> Do you guys? That, I had a, I had a thought about this actually. That as you guys were talking about this, do you ever think it gets to a point? Because right now, you know, the advertisements are on jerseys. You go to the store, you buy your own jersey. It's advertisement free, whatever. Do you ever think it gets to a point where part of the deal is that if you sell any kind of pro stock or jersey and or whatever that the advertisement has to come into it and they're like we will pay you more money to do that 100 well yeah i mean some so it depends like so for the nba like i would almost want someone buying it because i want i want the same thing that's being worn on i mean i shouldn't talk i buy my stuff off freaking dhg but but i would but that's an interesting question though yeah instead of milk it's milk (laughs) (laughs) so if you look at the toronto raptors jerseys that are available there's the the replica jerseys that are generally cheaper they're not the same material that they wear on the court they do not have the sun life patch on the jersey it's just you'll say have the nike solution that's it or i guess the jordan Jumpman, depending on what jersey you're getting if you get the authentic one that's made of a different material and it has like the actual gold tab on the back signifying how many championships they've won, of course, which is one. And it will have the Sun Life patch. So what I'm getting at here is the Maple Leafs are a little different, though. Even the authentic Maple Leaf sweaters that you can buy in store right now do not have the milk patch. Now, the Blue Jays ones, I haven't been to a game in the past three days since they've done this. I don't know if I go into a Jay shop right now. If I buy an authentic Jay's jersey, it's going to have a bright green fucking patch on it. I hope it wouldn't, but it might. And now going forward, I've been saying for a while now this season that I want to get a new Matt Chapman jersey because I, I assume that Matt Chapman's wearing pinstripes next year. So this is the last year Matt Chapman is a Blue Jay, and he's been great this season. Does that mean now if I go and buy a Matt Chapman jersey, I'm going to have to get a TD thing on it? I don't want it then. Right? Like it's it will change some people's opinion of whether they want to buy a jersey or not. But also flags an era, though, too, I think. Like, you'll know when the jersey was from and, like, that era based on the, the patch, I think. Because it's not always going to be that company, that team, or whatever. So, well, I mean, TD's been a proud sponsor of Toronto Blue Jays for a very long time. It's also true. So, and I feel like when these jersey opportunities come up, it's not like they they go to they go out to the open market and say who wants it. No, they give their they go through their accounts and their account managers like yeah we've been with yeah, TD forever the like, see, TD wants hey, it yeah we have this space yeah. it's costing this are you interested yeah exactly and if yeah. TD says no then like okay fine we'll go to Mary Brown's Chicken do you guys want it no okay fine we'll go to Pizza Nova like they just keep going down yeah. their list of corporate sponsors they already have 
and then look for someone else. I bet TD was the first one they went to because they have the TD Comfort Club and they have the TD in the action seats and they have the TD this and the TD that. Guarantee that they were the first right of refusal for it and they, t- they took it. So, yeah. I guess I just would have liked to have seen it be blue. That's all I'm saying. Like, you can have an advertisement included that can be seamless, much like this episode is brought to you by Now Your Treasures. Now Your Treasures are purveyors of licensed fine art prints for movies, comics, TV, and video games. Sourced from galleries in the US and UK, which include artists from all over the world. Visit Now Your Treasures on Instagram, send a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off any order. All orders are shipped with tracking and complimentary insurance. View the entire ever-expanding inventory at nowyourtreasures.ca or .com. That's N-O-W-Y-O-U-R-T-R-E-A-S-U-R-E-S dot C-A or .com. And remember, go to Now Your Treasures on Instagram. Send a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off any order. See, just like that, you can just seamlessly do it. Thank you. Well done, sir. And it doesn't really affect the flow of the the game or in this case the show but what definitely will blow you down a bit is when someone throws a whole big bucket of fucking ice on you and listen this isn't 2012 with the als ice bucket challenge did you guys ever do that i feel like you guys aren't stupid enough to do that no we did it oh i'm I'm sorry to hear that so there's gonna be a video somewhere online floating around of you guys dumping ice in your heads yep I did it. My wife did it. My cousin did it. We did it in my grandparents' backyard. I am proud to say I never did any of that stuff. <laughs> now, it wasn't just that. Because there was, a, there was like that time period back then where it was like, if it wasn't the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge, it was like the Harlem Shake before that. And then there was just always some this sort of like... This guy's 100% Kramer. He's not wearing the ribbon. Like, what? You don't want to wear the ribbon? You don't want to wear the ribbon? Who doesn't want to wear the ribbon? You know? I mean, I'll walk. I just don't want to wear the ribbon. <laughs> so I'm okay with raising money for ALS or whatever charity you're doing, but, but I definitely don't want to do the Harlem Shake. Nevertheless, someone who definitely does not want to get a hydration drink dumped on them at the end of the game was Whit Merrifield. And at the end of one of the games over this weekend, I don't remember exactly which one, but Merrifield is being interviewed and... Unfortunately, as it is after every single Blue Jays game that they win and they do this interview with the player of the game, out comes Vladdy from the dugout with this bucket of, at this point, it looks like just ice, but at some point, I imagine there may have been water or um, Ico Pro or some sort of energy drink or hydration drink that was in there. Prime? It could be Prime, absolutely. It could be the, uh, the red, white, and blue Prime. That's the best one, obviously. Ice Pop, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. Yep. We should probably talk about that as well, the whole recall thing. But <laughs> no. maybe, maybe another time. But out he comes with the, the bucket. And you can see Whit Merrifield like, just saying, no, oh. please don't. It's, like, so, like, like, don't. it's so uncomfortable. <laughs> like, I'm just like... Yeah, like, it's, it's one of those things like when you watch a movie and you know there's an embarrassing moment coming up and you're just like wrapping the blanket around your head. You're like, I can't watch. And you create a peephole just to watch it because you can't. It's uh and regardless of this request, Vladdy still comes on out and dumps the bucket on him. And you can just see that Merrifield is just like, I'm done with this fucking bullshit. Like I just don't want to deal with this shit anymore. 
Where do you think uh, Whit Merrifield is playing next year? Because not for the Toronto Blue Jays, right? Uh, you think that this yeah. is just okay? Because here's Whit Merrifield's 34 years old. He's been in the league for almost a decade. I think it was in 2016 when he started in Kansas City. He is now a three-time All Star, and if you look at his numbers, like this guy hits close to 300 every single season. He had like an off year around 2021 when the, he got traded. I don't know if he got traded. I think he got traded to the Blue Jays, whatever the case was. When he got acquired by the Toronto Blue Jays, he looked like he was slipping a bit. I think his average came down to like 240, 250. But now in a full season with the Blue Jays again, he's back to being an all-star. He's back to right around 300. He's a versatile player who's playing in the infield. He's playing in the outfield. He is, I mean, in his day when he was younger, he would steal you 40 bases. He's not really that guy anymore. But the point is, He's got speed. He's got average. He'll get on base. He'll walk a ton. He's not going to fuck up defensively. He just seems like a solid guy to have on your team. And then there's goofy Vladimir Guerrero just wants to dump ice on people. So I don't know that the question is so much like, where's Whit Merrifield going to play next year? Because it ain't going to be here in so much as, do you think Whit Merrifield's reaction is indicative of the problem that we think is is currently <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to say it. You're getting there. You're getting there. That we think we you know we've posited exists inside the Blue Jays clubhouse. I mean, it like is his reaction the reason why Teo and Lourdes were traded, right? Like if like because that mentality that nobody's taking shit seriously. Like that's what it looked like. He's like like Wits Ritz a professional ball player, right? Kevin Kiermaier is a professional ball player. This Bad kind of example, stuff because they dunked him. They dunked him yesterday or today, and he was all about it. So Kiermaier, yeah, was, yeah. But yeah. I'm just wondering if that's like, if that's maybe some of the attitude in the or maybe there's divide or is he the only is he an outsider? I think it's it almost feels like a maturity thing. So when we're talking about guys like Merrifield and uh, Kiermaier, the guys have been around the block for some time, right? Whereas you're looking at. Bichette, I don't know if I necessarily categorize Bichette into this, but just because he's so young, like I feel like the Bichettes and the Guerreros are the guys who are, no doubt about it, two of the best players on the team. Bichette certainly is, but they also happen to be in their early 20s. Now, um, I, I'm sure you guys could probably agree, but when I was in my early 20s, I was a goofball too. Like mm-hmm. we all were. We were in our early 20s. We were dumb kids. And now, as I'm much closer in age to Whit Merrifield than I am Vladimir Guerrero, and that will actually always exist for until the end of time, um, <laughs> I can sympathize. And I would be like, dude, what the fuck? Like, I don't, this is, is, no, I'm the veteran on this team. You don't treat me like this. This is yeah. not, but that's the difference of the dynamic of the Blue Jays, where regardless of the fact that Kiermaier is a veteran or Merrifield is a veteran, it's Vladdy's team. For better or worse, this is, this is his team. So get on board or see you later. Yeah. I wonder if that drives guys away in the future. You know, like if word gets around like, hey, yeah, it's a great player and shit, but I think the one thing holding him back is he doesn't necessarily take it 100% seriously all the time or doesn't know the moments that you can kind of have some levity versus the ones you can't. Like, okay, great. It was a good win. You know, it was a good good game for the for the boys and stuff like that but at the same time you're still six games back of the division and you're holding on a second wild card that it's you know you can pull that shit when you're you know first wild card by a mile or leading the division by a good stretch you know i don't think when you're kind of hanging on by your your laces 
to the wild card spot that it's really warranted or a good look. And I think guys like Merrifield, that's the mentality where he's just like, we're in no position to be acting like this. Do you do you think also they risk, it's worth? Oh, sorry, I was going to say, do you think they risk um, taking so much fun away from Vladdy that it it affects him? No jacket, no buddies, no, you know. And then he's like, does it hurt him mentally? Does he check out and be like, fuck, fuck this, <laughs> you know? Like, me, I'm going to start chasing down and away. Yeah, you got to. I I guess you got to hope that at some point and in surrounding Vladdy and Bo with Merrifield, Kiermaier, Brandon Belt's another good example too. Surrounding him with these guys, hopefully that matures them to where it's less of a less of a big deal for Vlad if he doesn't get to wear his home run jacket or he doesn't get to douse people in Gatorade. Listen, I get it. He wants to have fun and I'm not necessarily saying you shouldn't have fun out there, but I think that was one of the things that we pointed to at the beginning of the year said they need to stop having so much fun and start worrying about winning ball games. But they are like so. It's maybe there's a balance there somewhere, right? Um, it is worth mentioning that Whit Merrifield next. So right now, this season, he's making six point seven million dollars. Next year, they have a a team or both a team and a player option of eighteen million dollars next season. <laughs> oh yeah, he's got that. He's got that wonky contract where like they can accept, he can decline, they can both. Like it's it's wonky. Right, and I can imagine the Blue Jays will probably balk at the eighteen million, and Merrifield will also probably say, "I don't want to come back here anyways." So I expect this is probably last year with Merrifield for the Blue Jays, which is unfortunate. But um, I think he is as great as he is. I think there is guys in the system that probably could replace that anyways. I don't want to see him go. I, I like him as a Blue Jay. It's just, and maybe we're making a little too much out of this. To be fair. It was just but. egregiously, like the reaction was egregious. Like it was just very apparent. And I, I wonder, has he commented on it or anything? You know, not that I know of, but I can look, in for, look into that. Might be best not to at this point. They'd be like, hey, it's out there. Just ignore it, move on. Because if you comment on it, then it's like, it is a thing. And then, you know, it's one of those things that's going to have to be addressed even further where it'll die down quicker if they don't say anything. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, I just, I mean, I don't think, I think if Merrifield talks to his agent and he's just like, like you're looking at about 12, 15 million on the open market. I think he picks up that 18 mil for sure. Especially kind of being in Canada, 18 mil here. U.S. is like 23 million everywhere else that they play in the MLB. So, I mean... Yeah, I think it depends on what the market looks like for Whit Merrifield. Um, but yeah, I, I personally just don't necessarily like the whole Gatorade shower thing because I feel like growing up and seeing it when guys win the Super Bowl, you're like, yeah, it's the Gatorade shower. And it just kind of ruins the fun of the Gatorade shower because you see it so much. So I just think that shit has to go. And I'm I'm cool with the fun and, you know, the traditions and the unique team, um, you know, aspects like that. But I just think, like I said, it has to be warranted, you know, like, yeah, it looks I also, bad. I hate when they celebrate 
the wild card win like they just won the or when teams make the playoffs like i get it's hard to make the playoffs but that also drives me nuts when they do the champagne and the goggles and they're like yeah we're like and hazel may's getting destroyed and they're like yeah we're the best and it's like uh the season's over like that's all Bro, you're playing a, an away wild card series like, yeah fuck off. you're playing a one game well it used to be one game but yeah i don't know Maybe we are making too much of it. Maybe it's just a moment in time. Maybe it's just maybe it's just a day he didn't feel like it. We don't even know. So yeah, maybe he just had a rough day and he was just like, "Look, guys, I'm you know tired. What? Maybe he's a little." Soup. Real talk. I'm gonna go and ask him next game. I'm gonna be like, "Wait, let's talk." You good, bro? Ice bath. You good? Yeah. Talk to me. But there's there's I don't know. There's a lot of things in like various I guess sports or whatever like that that I'm just. I'm sick of maybe I'm just getting old and <laughs> turning into uh what's his name from Clint Eastwood from Grand Get off my lawn. Yeah. Is he racist too? Mm, no. <laughs> so yeah, I, th- I think maybe we are probably making a bit too much out of it, but I think there is something there. And I don't know if there is a divide in the locker room or not, but the story goes, or depending on who you're, you're, who you're listening to and who's telling the story, but supposedly the reason why Marcus Stroman was ousted from the Toronto Blue Jays is because he wasn't getting along with certain people in the locker room. Now, again, I wasn't in that locker room. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what a lot of the, the narrative was when Stroman was uh, removed from the Toronto Blue Jays roster, we'll say. And by that, I mean, who? you just... So see that's the thing. Like I, I don't know, and I feel oh, like okay. I, based on like every, all the reports, and again, how much of these reports I believe I don't know. Uh, it was more of there's like this side of the crew and that side of the crew, whatever, right? But the point is, Marcus Stroman's been having a hell of a season. He is an All Star again uh, for the first time since 2019, which of course was the last year he was a Toronto Blue Jay. Marcus Stroman right now it has a 10 and six record. A 2.88 ERA. He even had a complete game shutout at some point this season. Marcus Stroman is interested in signing a extension with the Chicago Cubs, but it sounds like that's not happening. And it sounds like the Cubs might be exploring a trade for Marcus Stroman. Now, I saw this all over this morning of... City News talking about it, and then the Toronto Sun has a ridiculous article because the Toronto Sun's garbage uh, publication, and the Toronto Star had another ridiculous take on it because they're a garbage publication. And I was trying to find, like, where the fuck did this come from? Like, who said this? Like, why is this a thing? And it comes from, like, some AM radio station in Chicago, which I guess they would know because they cover the Cubs, but it's, it's coming from an AM station in Chicago, and there's a guy on a radio show who says that Marcus Stroman is probably going to get traded, and they believe, according to their MLB sources, the Toronto Blue Jays are interested in acquiring Marcus Stroman. Now listen, 10-6 and record, 2.88 ERA. If you look at the Toronto Blue Jays right now, who do you think the best pitcher on the Toronto Blue Jays, best starter on the Toronto Blue Jays is? Kikuchi. Kevin Gossman. (laughs) I wish... I really wish it was Kikuchi, since I made a bet Gossman? that he's going to win Cy Young this year. Yeah, it's Gossman, yeah. Kevin Gossman is the best pitcher on the Toronto Blue Jays. Currently, he has ERA of 3.03. Marcus Stroman would be a, your number one pitcher coming into this roster. 
So statistically, how he's pitched so far this season, if you look at the full body of work from this season, Marcus Stroman becomes your ace when he comes into this this ballpark. Now, mm-hmm. is that going to happen? Like we were talking last week about what the Toronto Blue Jays need to do to get over the hump, what we think is going to project them to win X amount of games that we said they probably needed to win in order to make the playoffs or win their division or whatever. And we, we deduced they had to win like 60% baseball going down the stretch. All these things are great. And what we were wondering was, okay, I was suggesting maybe they need to uh, make some changes defensively. And I was pointing out the great stats that Chris Black had on Twitter of like defensive runs saved. And maybe they can make some changes there at second base and center or in right field. But I think all of us were in the agreement that pitching is probably what they need the most. But how do you get that pitching? Who do you trade away? What is available? I don't want to trade Orvis Martinez, who just got promoted to AAA today. I don't want to trade Otto Lopez. I certainly don't want to trade Ricky Tiedemann. Like, but what's it going to take to bring in a guy? So forget that it's Marcus Stroman. <laughs> what's it going to take to bring in a 2.88 ERA to be the ace of your staff? And whatever that price is, are you willing to pay it? It depends what kind of position are the Cubs in. Clearly, if they're willing to sell off their number one pitcher, they're in a mode where they're not going to be making the postseason. They're going to be looking at what's going to be the next two, three years from now. So that's going to be one of your prospects in terms of top three minimum and a younger roster player that with a little bit of control that they can use on the team to build around or as a building block piece. So Yeah, and he's an expiring contract, right? I can double check that. I'm under the assumption, yes, I will double check. But I will say to answer Maddie's point, the Cubs are currently eight games back of the wild card. They yeah. are three, yeah. no, excuse me, six games below 500. So they're going to have a prayer. Like, look at what Juan Soto got, right? Like, Juan Soto got, what, four top? No. A better comparable is what's his name? Castillo in uh, Seattle. Yeah, Strowman's got a player option for next year. And then he's UFA 2025. Um, that's actually good to know. Luis Castillo got traded to Seattle for four top 10 picks, I thought it was. Oof. Or top 10 yeah. prospects. Marcus Stroman, just to add to that, that, 32. Uh, that player option, yeah, he's 32 years old. I didn't even realize that old. Um, that player option next year is for less money than he's making this year. So I, I can't imagine he's, he's going to accept that. Yeah, he's got he's making twenty five million this season. It's the player options for twenty one million. So there's no chance in hell he's uh signing that. So deal. I mean, who are the I don't know, I I mean the Jays farm system's been so pillaged, I don't even know who the top prospects are. I mean yeah, you know, like Martinez. are you gonna give up an Addison Barger? Are you gonna give up or Elvis Martinez? Are you gonna give up no. you know, a Ricky Tiedemann? Are you gonna give up you know, they've got some other pitching prospects in there. Um, they got that dude that they got uh, in the was it the Teo trade. I forget. They, sorry, they. When I say they, I mean Seattle. When they acquired Luis Castillo, it was three of their top five prospects. Yeah, they traded their number one, number three, and number five prospect. And, and yeah, so so they have, they have Brandon Berea, which I think is oof. the guy that they. I don't know. Was that the guy they got in the trade? I don't remember. Okay, so let's, especially since I don't remember what Castillo's uh, contract situation was 
I don't know if they're like receiving him and getting a, a year or two more tacked onto it. But like, if you're getting Marcus Stroman, you're getting him for this year. That's it. So keep that in mind as well. Like it's going to be a pure rental. That's it, you're right? So you're probably Stroman's. right. So you look at Luis Castillo. He gets four picks. Three of them were top five or four prospects. I imagine it's two prospects for a guy like Stroman. Two top end prospects. So you're look. You know, if you're looking at the top Jays prospect rankings, you're probably looking at. Brandon Berea and Tucker Toman, I guess. Toman's a shortstop, Berea's a pitcher. Like that, to me, and then maybe, like you said, a young roster player. I don't know. Listen, I think out of the three of us, I would be the biggest proponent of Marcus Stroman returning to the Toronto Blue Jays. I like Marcus Stroman. Um, I know you guys don't, but I like Marcus Stroman. Uh, I don't like Marcus Stroman. That's not it. I, I, I love him. I had a Marcus Stroman jersey. I just want him to shut up. Like, I just want him to yeah. shut up 90% of the time. That's all. I'm not and saying not, everything he says is wrong. It's just sometimes he just needs to shut up. And, and not make baseball. it all about you. Yeah, and not stick his nose into every single every single piece of business, right? If he can like, do that. The nature great. of the business is you're going to get written about by sometimes things are going to be good, sometimes things are bad. And he's all ready to jump on somebody and, you know, get in a war with them when someone's being negative, whether right or wrong. But like, it's just you have to understand that that's what comes with it. And sometimes you just got to eat it and just either brush it off or just say, cool, move on. Well, well, what about what about if it was a media scrum and it was Steve Simmons? who had a question to Marcus Stroman. You'd want him just to fucking rip into Steve Simmons. Though. Right, but that's because I hate Steve Simmons, but I'm admittedly well, sure. biased, right? So, but at the same time, though, like, that's... The thing and is... The criticism's is, fair. Yeah. And which a lot of the times it was, but also, too, it seemed like it was every time he was getting criticized, he would jump in and just fly off the handle or kind of, you know, have to start some shit. If there was a moment where it was like three months and he kept his mouth shut and finally someone came out with something very egregious, a la a Steve Simmons, like as he usually does 99.999% of the time, and then it was in a scrum and then Strowman went off on him, I'd be like, yeah, dude deserves it, right? Like dude's been, you know, piling on him for a while and this is the one and this is the opportunity. Cool. But when it's every damn time, it kind of loses. You, you turn from someone who can take it and finally you're just like, yeah, this dude's had enough to a guy who just, can't take criticism and in an industry like sports and especially professional sports on that kind of stage if you can't do that man that's like look at burritos right that guy that guy took a beating all of like the end of last season and then the beginning of this season I, and and came back and he's been fantastic since manoa dude people are making fun of his tire comments and like i'll give the dude credit you know as mouthy as he is he didn't come out and start you know, jaw jacking and shit. And don't get me wrong. It's not lost on me that Marcus Stroman has a tattoo of Toronto on his body. Mm -hmm. Like the guy, would I love to have him back here? Like I'm, I mean, I don't know. I mean, would I love a pitcher that's a 288 on this roster? Absolutely. Right. I think I'm at the point now where I don't give a shit. I want this team to win that bring in Marcus Stroman. If that's what it's going to do, if he's going to, if he's going to pitch the lights out and, and lead this team to victory, Fuck it, do it. I don't care. Like there's they're they're running out of control time with these guys and, and money's gonna be a problem. Let's go. 
Bring it. Marcus Stroh, bring fucking dig up Jose Batista. Like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> bring here's, back Edwin. Here's something I just thought of because I'm just trying to think, okay, where does Marcus Stroman fit in this lineup? And then I think we're imminently preparing for the return of Hyunjin Ryu as well. Hyunjin. So if Ryu is almost ready to come back and you're adding Marcus Stroman, that means you now have seven starters who are legitimate major league starters. What if Alec Manoa is the name that goes out? We're talking they want prospects. Manoa can be seen as either a hell of a major league player right now or a hell of a project right now. Like, but we've seen him have one start since coming back. Maybe it's two starts. And it was good. Good enough. Years, years uh, of control versus a rental. I don't think. If anything, for money purposes, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Ryu goes the other way. Yeah. Potentially. But I'm just, I'm just spitballing the idea just because I'm trying to think of like where he fits in this lineup. And I think if you have a rotation that doesn't have Manoa but does have Strowman, is the Blue, are the Blue Jays a better team? Right now, yes. I, th- I think absolutely yes. Now. For the next five I'm years? Just, no. Right? Just, just throwing that, that possibility out there. We'll see. Yeah. Because I'm just looking at the prospect pool. I'm like, I don't know if I want to part with Tiedemann. I don't know if I want to part with Martinez. Do I want to part with Manoa? Probably more than I want to part with Tiedemann and Martinez. Today. You would have said that the Today. last year. I absolutely would not have said that if you asked me in October or end of September last year. Right. Right? So just something to think about. Because yeah. you know, it, it, there's, there's uh, some smoke there. Is there fire? We don't know. Um, I, I agree to an extent with Maddie about Marcus Stroman's handling of the media. I think there are times where he absolutely needs to just stop. And there's times where I think it's warranted. Um, I think one of the benefits is the fact that Elon Musk is burning Twitter to the ground. So eventually, like, Twitter's just not going to exist. So, like, a lot of these players just can't get in trouble on Twitter anymore because <laughs> it doesn't exist. So that's the thing that could be artificially beneficial. Um, But speaking of not liking the Toronto media, Ryan O'Reilly finally gave a bit of uh, clarity as to why he decided to not sign with the Toronto Maple Leafs and instead sign with the National Predators. He had an interview on first up on TSN 1050, as much as I don't like to talk about anything for Bell Media, but this is on TSN 1050. And he was explaining part of the reason as to why he didn't want to re-sign in Toronto. And I'm paraphrasing, of course. You can check out the interview if you like on TSN 1050 first up. But the point that he was making was the spotlight in Toronto was just something they didn't want to deal with. And I don't fault the guy, honestly. I don't want to deal with this bullshit either. It's something that baffles me. That I don't know if all sports in all parts of the world do this. I don't know if all parts of like the NHL does stuff like this or the NBA or whatever. I always find it like so fucking strange. And I used to be one of the guys in the locker room doing this. Like the game ends and then we're all just standing around the locker room like with our microphones as guys are coming out of the shower. It's like, can't we just 
figure out a way to do this like not like in their locker room can't they just have their locker room be their locker room and there's specific media availability made like you see it in the nba playoffs like it specifically in like the finals of the playoffs there's always like the podium and the guys will come up to the podium and they'll answer the media's questions i don't know why we don't do that for all sports at all times where it's look you know the guys we want to talk to it's not a secret it's not like i'm going to go into the locker room after a lease loss and then go talk to yuri Tolusti for no reason like you know exactly who that's a name. <laughs> <laughs> like you know exactly who we're gonna want to talk to. Um, I don't understand why you just can't do something like that all the time. Where they and they have the rooms for this. Like there are press conference rooms in the Scotiabank Arena. Like you can do this. Just so it's look. I get that the media is important to an extent because well, I mean the major telecommunication companies are the ones who are essentially funding the NHL right now. So I get you want to keep them happy. But at the same time, you want to keep your players happy and you want to like attract players to play in Toronto. And if a guy like Ryan O'Reilly, who's won a Stanley Cup, and he said, you know what, I just don't want to deal with this Toronto bullshit anymore. I think Brad Treliving needs to take that to heart. Even if you didn't want Ryan O'Reilly to come back. Even if you were like, you know what, the price isn't what it needs to be. We think he's lost a bit of foot speed. We don't know if he's the right fit for this, the makeup of this current team. We're looking for more truculence in our players. Whatever the verbiage is that he's going with, I still think it's a very poignant statement that I don't want to deal with this media anymore. I think it's interesting that it's the thing that we kind of always talked about like we always would say oh is this guy going to come here nah because he doesn't want to deal with the spotlight or oh why did this guy well he doesn't want to deal with the pressures of playing it i think it was an interesting glimpse into the fact that that's i mean it's it's been validated for probably maybe half of the guys we thought about attributing it to right like and he even said if i remember the interview correctly he said that, you know, it was nice for the, the time that it was here, but it sounds like he just doesn't want to deal with it all the time. And he said it wasn't the only factor, but it was a contributing factor in that, you know, hearing Brad Trey Living talk about it kind of swayed him away from it. Which, in my mind, though, is also like, okay, then go. Like, I don't... Like, it is what it is. Like, Toronto is, like, either either you want it or you don't. And that's... Or you can handle it, or you don't, and that's fine. But, but does it have to be that way? I mean, I don't think it's a. Right? Is, even moving in the press, even moving guys into press conference rooms, there's going to be articles every day. Questions. You're yeah. going to be on every morning show. You're going to be on every lunch to well, not anymore because lunchtime show got canned. But you're going to be on every. Well, actually, no, fuck that. Jeff Merrick will talk about it, right? Like it doesn't. Nothing that's only that micro moment like the media coverage of this team extends far beyond whatever and the, if the guy wants to go like look at Messi and inter miami right we talk about everyone's like oh like why the fuck would Messi go to inter miami the dude's making bags getting to play the game getting to grow the game in another country is going to be an owner one day and can go fucking shop in a Publix without being noticed like he can oh, live his no, life no, with no, his family can. Well, not See, anymore. There's just video that, yeah, there's the video that came out where he was shopping. He had to go to the car because people started recognizing. Yeah, well, not but no, but 
he could yeah, it hypothetically would be, it's not like lebron james you know you could you right. see lebron james while you're like hey it's fucking lebron james like messi could easily he's five eight he could pass through a crowd relatively like easy more easy than other players in toronto like if you're a if you're a, people know who you are like they just they do so you know i think it's i guess it's what it comes down to if you can't take the heat like get out of the kitchen and he did he went to nashville where i mean unless you're dating carrie underwood i don't think they know who you are well or married to her like mark fisher was that's what i mean yeah i i just think like maybe some guys probably look at it and be like all right fine he couldn't handle it here cool that's just his personality maybe there's you know that's just what he said but i'm sure guys know him around the league well enough to know whether he's the type of dude to just say hey i kind of like it more low-key regardless than you know so i mean it could be similar to the water the gatorade shower thing with the jays maybe we're just overthinking it you know maybe he's just voicing something that a lot of guys do think about whether it's toronto montreal or even new york um and things like that that maybe guys are just like yeah whatever maybe, <laughs> like, maybe he's maybe he knows that if he plows into another tim hortons here yeah. it's gonna make national news and if he plows at tim hortons in nashville or buffalo it's not that oh, big dude. of a deal oh if he does if you do that in nashville there you know the expectation is oh yeah well it's just a typical tuesday <laughs> so you know it's it's i you know i think it just validates some of the things we thought when guys don't come here or they decide not to stay i do think i mean look at us now we're fucking how many fucking podcasts do you think you're talking about in nashville no right like i i do think it plays a part in it i mean if you're neat like kneelander is a good example you got fucking steve simmons calling you ikea or whatever the shit remember that article yeah um you know do you want to deal with that no you just want to go play hockey and win i just maybe it's because i'm so removed from it because it's not me right like they're not writing about me personally so like i don't i don't notice it and so I maybe it would be different if you are that athlete and you just see your name everywhere and it's just it it can wear on you. So I I I'm acknowledging the fact that maybe I just don't get it. Because to me, on my day-to-day life, I couldn't tell you where to buy a Toronto Sun. You know what I mean? Like I don't like on my commute to work, I don't think I pass a newsstand that has a newspaper. <laughs> like, wh- where do you get these things? You guys will find online, obviously. Like, I guess most of these newspapers are more online driven than anything else now. And anytime, like, I do see an article on Twitter and, like, I click on an article, definitely not the Sun or the Star, that's just garbage uh, publications. But, like, if I click on a Globe and Mail article and it's be like, oh, Sam's the Globe and Mail for $1.99, you can read this article. I'm like, I'm just going to close the article and <laughs> go somewhere else. So, my point is, Man, I don't even see it. Like, if someone wrote something negative about the Toronto Maple Leafs, I probably wouldn't even know. Yeah, but you you get tagged in it. You get whatever. Like, guy, like, right. if you have social media, like, a good, good example is Ridge Holland, right? The man had to delete his Twitter in WWE because another injury occurred when he was in the match. And people just roast you for it, right? And we've been victims. We've been, not victims, but sorry. We've been perpetrators of that. Like, we're on social media. I remember I used to, I roasted Jake Gardner and I felt bad. I fucking tagged the dude. But then, what? then you're, <laughs> then oh, you're and um, you dug in on Justin Hall. This right, year. but and, but then you're I don't like ever tag someone if I've like been verbally. But here's the thing. Um, but now you're a coward, him. right? If you don't tag him, you're a coward. 
I don't think I ever verbally eviscerate anybody online. Like, why would I do? Yeah, that? I've, no, I've, I've, I've seen I've seen some of your Justin Hall takes throughout the year. It's uh, me. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna search my Twitter right now for Justin Hall tweet to see what comes up. But what I, I would mean, say depends to on you your is definition the, of eviscerate, sir. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's depends on de depends on depends on your definition of what eviscerate is, but. In saying that, I think the problem is too is with the nature of social media is you don't see everything. What happens is is you see the article tagline or the byline or the just the intro line that is usually most damning about the whole article, and then you see people discussing it. So all you see is the worst part of that article as the headline, and then everyone just either ripping you apart or you know depending on who it is or what it is, just kind of being like, oh, get over it or whatever. So I think you only see the worst parts of it. And that can obviously lend to being infinitely more, I guess, taxing mentally. But yeah, also, also the other thing too is, if you don't see it, the boys do. And the boys are going to come be like, yo, you see what they're talking about? Like, it's guys talk in the dressing room too and it just spread like that's the the other thing too is that shit spreads right so and i don't know if you wanted you know i don't know if ryan o'reilly wants to hear all year he's lost a step is he right for the second line does he need to be on the third line is he playing physical enough is he playing her like he's only has five goals should he be having 12 they he i mean think about it maybe he's just not the type that can wants to or needs to deal with it like a guy like Nylander probably is fine in the spotlight. He's like, whatever. Like he's so eternally confident that it just probably doesn't rattle him. But a guy like O'Reilly, not saying he's not confident, but maybe he's just the type where he's like, I just don't want to deal with that shit. So I found one tweet that I've ever tweeted concerning Justin Hall. It was from September 24th, 2022. So I guess it's... Probably a preseason game in 2022. Now, hold on. Is this directly naming him or whatever? Because I know you've replied into certain tweets. And so that's like the thing. That. Like, yeah. I'm just looking up. My, so there's a very distinct possibility. I like, quote, retweeted something you of get, like Justin Hall falling on his face. It was, or it was the, when you signed that contract in Iserman, you, you re quote tweeted it and then you said something in regard to it, but didn't directly name him either. Okay, yeah, I think I remember that one where I read like it was an announcement <laughs> of the signing of Justin Hall. Yeah, I think I quote retweeted it, and I think all I wrote was ha 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 ha. Or like, what the hell's going on here? Right. Yeah. So nothing specifically saying. Anyways, I just searched for Justin Hall. Nothing came up, and I searched for just Hall, and one tweet came up, September twenty fourth, twenty twenty two. It's probably a preseason game, and I wrote on this day, update: Maple Leafs still have the worst goal song in the league. <laughs> nice shot by Hall, though. <laughs> so Hall must have scored a goal or something. So, so there yeah. you go. I, nothing negative about Justin Hall, um, at least not directly <laughs> attacking the man. Uh, I guess that's probably the the lesson learned here is um, if you're gonna uh, use social media, try to not name anyone personally. Don't so name don't... names. Like Hobson. <laughs> he, he named names. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, someone who also was naming names this week was Mitch Marner. Now, during his fifth annual Mitch Marner All-Star Invitational Fundraiser Gala. That's a that's mouthful. A, I was just going to say that. That's <laughs> definitely a mouthful. Uh, some of the Maple Leafs were there. 
as well as other athletes who uh, came to support the cause. And of course, they were asked about the elephant in the room. They were asked about the William Nylander contract that is one year remaining at 6.9 or whatever it is. And Austin Matthews, that is one year remaining at whatever it is, 10 point something. And that they are both pending a new contract because they will be unrestricted free agents at the end of next season. Mitch Marner said, I don't have the quote here specifically. I, I have it. Do you want me you to have the quote? Yeah, I do. Which one do you want first? Because I know Jim really wants to go into this. Do you want the contract quote or do you want the true living quote first, Jim? Oh, do the Trey Living quote first, because like I'm gonna make it short because we don't have a ton of time. But I'm gonna say my piece, and I'm gonna let sleeping dogs lie. Okay. So the first the first quote is in regard to Jim Trey Living coming in, uh, and he said something that we talked a lot about. Jim Trey Living or (laughs) Brad Trey Living? James Samsonite. I was way off. (laughs) I was looking at Jim, and I was thinking Trey Living. (laughs) Fuck off. Okay. So something we talked about a lot is just how Brad came in and defended us all, really, and our team. It means a lot to us to, wow, they, rough day. <laughs> Go ahead. Adora Forest, Ophelactory, Marinations. It meant a lot to all of us to come in and do that. It's not just about four guys on our team. It's a full team effort every single night. That's really what we really know. I mean, that's not the narrative a lot of the times, but we know we all got to be better, and that's why we're excited to get the season going. Okay. <laughs> okay, the so guy... when I heard this, I was like, this is just nonsense. But James was way more... Uh, triggered. Triggered. Yes, it's a great the... word to use. The guy doesn't have an ounce of accountability in his body. He doesn't. Anything to make it... It's not me. It's not. It's not me. It's not. It's not us. The guys who get paid fifty percent of the fucking team. No, it's not us. No, it's it's a whole team thing. Despite the fact that it's a rotating carousel of players outside of them every year because they can't afford to keep anybody because of the way they fucking strap the cap with their stupid fucking contracts. No, this guy has to go and say it's a team thing. F- like, get, I, I need to ask you a question. In the past three years, ever since they asked him if he needed to be better, he was like, no. When has Mitch Marner ever taken accountability and said, you know what? I got to find a way to take my game to the next level to help this team. When have you ever heard him say that? Well, I don't know if I've ever heard any player say that, honestly. Oh, I'm sure guys. I've heard it tons of times from players. It's most of the time it's a captain, right? The, The fact that he just like he needs to spread everything out so that it doesn't touch him everything like it's it's kind of like if he got busted for something in school he was like well well billy was there and so was and so was derek derek was there too it wasn't just it wasn't me like dude grow the fuck up like just say hey man you know i know that there are some things we got to work on as a team and i know myself like you you can add yourself in there to show some account you're an assistant alternate whatever you want to call captain on this team show some accountability and it drives me nuts. Like you can't blame a team that's non-existent every year because they keep filling it with, with guy A and guy B because that's all they can afford. Because you guys are you're making ten point nine three million because you get your stupid jersey number in your contract. So it drives me nuts. I think I think a lot of what you said actually, there's something in there that kind of piqued my attention, and it was 
there's the rotating door of players coming in to help support these guys and they still haven't got it done. So I think it's worse when you see a lack of accountability, when they've done everything they can to bring in the guys you think they need to help you. And they're the constant. Yeah, exactly. They're the common denominator every season where it's granted he had a good playoffs this year, but at the same time, it's, it's not about how many points you put up in your one and a half series it's when you put up those points you know it's all all good that you got five points in that second game against tampa when you blew them out seven to one or seven to two great but where were you in game two three and four against florida Florida. you know exactly 100 in seven years they've won one playoff series and this guy has the balls to say it's the team the other 18 the other 14 guys have been different almost every year with the exception of maybe Alex Kerfoot for three of seven. Like, don't, don't give me that shit that it's the team. They've had different fucking goaltenders. I think too, a lot of it as well is if you're a guy either coming into this team or a guy who's one of these support players on this team and you hear that and you're like, wait, wait, you're saying this is me. And I, you know, and then you're just like, you're making 10.9 million here and you can't just, you know, lead this team. Does Tyler Bertuzzi need to be better? He just said the team needs to be better. Does Tyler, does Tyler, does Max Domi need to be better? No, no, you need to fucking be better, man. You and your fucking crony, your buddies all need to be better. Granted, I will say I, you have heard times before, and I think this is the kind of, you know, dichotomy between the two is. You have heard Matthew say before, yeah, I got to be I was just about to say that. I've heard Matthew say, I got to find a way. I got to, and that's fine. I never hear it from this dude. I never hear, I got to find a way. I like, he's in a score. Never, I got to find a way. It's always like, well, these things happen or uh, eventually. Nah, like, it's just, it's so frustrating that the, the, the lack of verbal communication of any sort of onus is so apparent on the ice too like it's just uh it uh and then and then then he goes on to say more dumb shit and it (laughs) and it drives me even more nuts yeah i was just gonna say there was uh speaking of his uh other buddies you said the guys who yeah you want to read that one sure uh he yeah so in regard to the contracts for matthews and nylander and what's going on there they asked him you know kind of have you kept in touch and blah 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 he says if need be i'm gonna get involved and we'll try to help out both sides but at the same time they're my buddies before you know teammates and i'm gonna look at them like that first first of all did mitch change his first name to paul now he's gonna get involved in contract negotiations are you paul marner now is this what you do this, what do you mean you're gonna help? You're not a lawyer. You're not. You're not a GM for this team. You barely fucking perform in three games against Florida, and you're gonna do contract negotiations. Also, they're my friends. They're my friends before teammates. Fuck you, pal. Again, this is back to the. Are you? Is it the name on the back or the the logo on the front? And to me, 100%. That quote says it's about their names on the back, and that that. Mm, that's real like essentially, tough. Essentially, I would help them get the bag first before helping the team. Right, and we've heard rumors of Marner or Matthews understanding that. Oh, he might have to sacrifice a little bit. 
on the back end so that the team can can properly sub support itself and supply itself and this moron is out here going well they're friends before teammates so i'm gonna do that well they might not be teammates if your ass is out of here like eventually you're gonna get yourself priced out like they're not gonna be able to afford you either i i think and i know dustin has some thoughts on this too because he looks yeah, like I'm, he's I'm gearing a... up here <laughs> Um, but I, I think what you're seeing here is almost similar to not similar, but kind of the same issue that we see with the Jays is lack of maturity in that kind of mindset. And also, I guess, a lack of awareness of the situation, because at no time should he have said anything like this, you know, in regard to the contract, he just Honestly, all he should have said is, hey, you know what? It's a business and, you know, they'll they'll take care of it or they do what they got to do. And, you know, we're preparing for next season. And, you know, that's that's all we're worried about is coming in ready and, you know, trying to put our best foot forward and work hard and, and push further next season. That's literally what the quote should have been. He's 26. Anyway. Take the A away. If you can't, if you can't, like, again, oh, my God, he's an alternate. He should be representing the team. Yeah. And now, like, anyway, that's, like. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm Dustin. You go, because I'm. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna sit here. I'm gonna rage. I can feel my blood pressure. I. Uh. Okay. When I first heard that, I my my eyebrow kind of just walked up a bit. <laughs> just one. The when peoples. he said, "I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do what I can to like help or whatever the fuck he said." I I was thinking, does that mean you're gonna restructure your contract and you're instead of making ten million dollars next year, you're gonna make gonna make seven and a half, and we're gonna find this extra money to get all these guys? No, they're not. I'm not gonna do any of this. Um, I want to believe that they actually think this is possible to do. I want to believe that they think they do that they could. They think they're going to get paid, and they don't give a fuck what the other guys make on the team or who else they get. They don't. You know, I was looking at... Do you guys ever play any of those grids? Uh, specifically, I play the Immaculate Grid every day. I don't know if you heard about this thing. Go to ImmaculateGrid.com. You'll see what I'm talking about. Basically, Yo, this, it's... This better not be Lemon oh, Party or something. Yeah, it's, it's the player thing. We got to pick the players that... Yeah. Yeah, it's just a fun little thing I do every morning. Just get it's my like brain moving. It's like Sudoku, but sports, right? Exactly. And there was a hockey one today. I don't remember the name of the hockey one. It doesn't matter. But one of the questions was uh, Seattle. And you have to think of like players from Seattle, whatever. So after I'd finished the grid, I'd missed a bunch of them. So I just went on like cap friendly. I was looking at rosters and stuff. And I was looking at the Seattle Kraken. And like, there's no one on this team that makes more than five and a half million dollars. <laughs> Like, no one on that team makes more than, like, five and a half million dollars. And when I look at this Maple Leafs team, with Matthews at 11 and Tavares at 11 and Marner at 10, and by those standards, Nylander, who's making 6.9, probably deserves 15 if you look at, like, how many goals he scored compared to the other three idiots on the team. I can't see a way where this works, where you are going to be able to re-sign Nylander and Matthews next year. I, I just can't see it. Financially, I just cannot see it. So either Mitch Marner is delusional in saying these things, or he just feels he needs to say it to like keep, you know, keep up appearances with the media. 
I don't know which it is. But it's but not. It's more like he's keeping it's, up it's, his his arm around his buddies. Because Matt gave the perfect statement. It's a business, and I'll let I'll let the GM handle it. Yeah, I don't know why he's answering questions about <laughs> contracting other guys. He's like, yeah, I have nothing to do with that, guys. Like, I play for the team, and the team signs the players. And like, I would love for sure, them. Sure, I would all like. To, I would, I'd love for them all to stay here. Sometimes the math doesn't work out. Willie's a great player. Yeah. Austin's a great player. Like I, Austin and Willie are are buddies of mine, and I, I hope we get to play together for a long time. But I have nothing to do with their contract situations, and I'm not going to comment on their contract situations. <laughs> it's probably the way you should answer that question. Yeah. But none of my business, <laughs> right? Like it affects me as that's part of the team. But at the same time, I just felt it's like he mine. showed his hand. Like you know what I mean? Yep. Like in terms of like where he stands in the team dynamic. Like it's Marner first, and then Maple Leafs. That bothers me. And I understand you have to protect a brand. You have to protect yourself as a player. But at some point. It's got to be Maple Leafs, then Mitch Marner. And I can't say that in the entire history, except for one moment in the Columbus series where he blocked a shot, do I do I mm-hmm. think that it was ever Maple Leafs, then Mitch Marner. I just, I, I, I can't say that I, I feel that way. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Well, with that being said, getting all the, the hatred out of James's heart, <laughs> I personally... Um, don't hate Mitch Marner, but I, I whatever. I don't <laughs> we'll hate him. I would if I could strangle him. I swear I'm not. annoyed. I'll say this. I, I'll say this. I'm currently not mad. Like, well, I'm mad and frustrated, but I would say I'm more annoyed with Mitch Marner right now. But we'll see how Dude, I would goes. be like happy Gilmore with the caddy. <laughs> well, happy Gilmore might be a, a good jumping off point. Because the next segment is about our bucket list sports. And I think there's probably a bunch of people who look at the story of Happy Gilmore and say, you know what, that's a bucket list right there for me to wake up one day and be able to drive a ball 400 yards. <laughs> I might get. That I would like there. to be able to do that at least just for one day of the year. Hey, buddy down here on the bottom of your screen, he drove a ball 370 yards the last time we were out together. So it's pretty close. He drove the green there. on a par four. Just saying. Did he hit a guy like in a window? No, I almost, I almost hit a guy standing on the green. <laughs> he did. He did almost. Yeah, he was standing. Well, there. It, it's not my fault. There. So we were we were standing there, and my dad's like, "Yeah, go ahead, tee off." And I was like, "All right, tee off." Cranked. <laughs> just my dad just goes, "Oh shit!" And I was like, "What Four. is it?" Yeah. Bobby's up there on the green. <laughs> yeah, it's so, wild. But yeah, bucket list. No, it, do you have a big one? Yeah. Honestly, I so oh, okay, I'll say this. When I presented this idea, I was like three, four things sports related that you're like, I want to either partake in or be involved in or witness or something like I that. I have two. So, okay, that, that's fine. It was, I would say, a maximum of four because obviously timing. But I just that was. One, I just have one. So, okay. So go ahead. You guys. Okay. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll start. And this is the first thing that came to mind when you brought up this idea of like, what is like the bucket list thing that you want to do in the world of pro sports? And I think like if I thought about it a bit more, I could probably list like four or five things that I really, really want to do. But the first thing that came to mind was this thing, as you guys have seen. Yes. And it's bigger obviously than you, you cannot see this as I'm talking about. It. What I have in my hands is the Major League Baseball ballpark passport. So it's this like leather bound book. And on the inside, there is 
space for you to get an actual stamp when you go into ballparks all over North America. So I have been working away at this thing. I have about nine ballparks stamped thus far. I still have another 21 to go. Only nine? I thought you were like half done at this point. Well, see, here's the thing. Like, I've been to a bunch of ballparks before I got the book. So now I'm going to have to like go to Baltimore Retrace again. I'm going to have to go. To I'm going to have to go back again. to Camden Yards. I know. I have to go back to Wrigley Field. Oh goodness. Well, actually, there is one that I'm rolling my eyes. Like I have to fucking go back to Tampa. Goddamn Tropicana <laughs> Field. So that one I'm not necessarily looking forward to going back to. But that'll just be like another Disney World trip where I'll just take one day and go to. Uh, go to Tampa. That, but you and the thirty the other people. You're like, like, can you just stamp this? I got to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Actually, not a bad idea. But yeah, so that's what I'm working towards. Like, at, I've, at some point, I would like to have filled the entire book with stamps. I kind of like the idea of it being like not necessarily done all in one summer. Like, I like yeah. the idea of flipping back and like, oh yeah, that was in 2020 when Richard got married and I was in New York and like I have yeah like there's a journey. I missed my friend's wedding because I got a chance to go to Yankee Stadium. Yeah, there's a journey to it. Yeah. Right. And like, and what is cool about the book, not only does you have the spot for a stamp, but there's also a spot just for like n- what happened in the game, like the actual game log. And then there's an s- entire page you just fill in with notes of what That's happened, cool. right? That's so really like, cool. you, don't, you don't necessarily have to write like, okay, in this game, like such and such happened. That's I also life, was journaling about notes. like, yeah, like I'm in New York for Richard's wedding. So why not catch a couple ball games? And like, I wrote about like what happened in the travel, like getting to New York and like all these. Cool. And there was like a flood in New York City like the day before we left. And we didn't know our flight was going to take off because New York City was like literally underwater. So all these little things that I've forgotten about, but like I, I remember because it's all in the book. And this summer I am going to Boston to bang out one more to get Fenway Park. Nice. And then on the drive home, we're going to Cooperstown as well. And there's oh. actually a spot in the book for not just ballparks. There's also a spot for Cooperstown. There's a spot it's for Louisville Slugger, probably Louisville Slugger um, plant, whatever you call it. Manufacturer. There's the, as much as I don't like saying it, this is the name of the league, the Negro League uh, Museum. There is a stamp for that as well. And there's also a stamp for the uh, movie set of Field of Dreams. Oh, really cool. That's cool. That's really so, cool. I like those. See, I, I, I do like the whole like overtime thing, but as like a summer thing, it would be cool to be like, I'm going to try and do this all in the summer. Oh man, that'd be awesome. Like there's been a couple guys who did it. Yeah. They tried to do it like all in one summer. It's a really interesting exercise of like yeah. logistics of trying to get Yeah, Cause you're like, how can I get to here, to here, to here, to here, to here. And you know, yeah. can we do two games in a day? Can we do an afternoon game here and then get to the next park for a night game? And, yeah. yeah. I think they did do that in Chicago where it was like a day yeah, game. Wrigley and socks. Exactly. Yeah. So they did both like that. It's a cool idea, but the way I've been doing it, at least this year, and I probably will do next year. So if you guys want in, you let me know. But what I did uh, this year, I flew out to Los Angeles for WrestleMania, and then while I was there, I hit the Dodgers, the or, yeah, the Dodgers, the Angels, and the Padres. Next year, WrestleMania is in Philadelphia, and I've already and the the major league schedule came out just after the All Star break. I've already planned it out. I'm going to the Washington Nationals, the Baltimore Orioles. And the Philadelphia Phillies, and then WrestleMania, and then home. So, nice. If you guys want to hop in the car, you'll let me know. <laughs> so that so that's your that's your bucket list item is completing the the book, the passport yeah. book. 
That's eventually really cool. completing the entire passport book, including all the stadiums. And I will, as they release, like as new stadiums get built, I'll just go to those ones as well. So like for Las Vegas, for example, like I'm going to have to go to Oakland before like 2025, I yeah. guess. And then yeah. get the Las Vegas stamp after that. That's cool. I like that. Jim? Uh, I have a couple. You kind of mentioned one of them. So um, actually you mentioned two of them anyway. Um, I would love like the Field of Dreams field just to be on it and like to catch a ground hey, ball man. like or play catch. wrestlemania wrestlemania 2025 supposedly now it sounds like it's going to be london but the the rumor was minnesota so i was going to go to minnesota and then go to like uh the brewers iowa. and then and then eventually go around to iowa and come back up to chicago anyways yeah. just saying i would just love to like that play catch thing. on that on that field you know what i mean yeah like if even only for five minutes I think that would be fucking awesome. Um, Cooperstown is on the list. I mean, again, when you think about um, the romanticizing of, of sport, like we talked about earlier, you know, watching like Ken Burns baseball even and trying to, like there's so much history and so like that game represented so much through time that, you know, it like it, like I've been in the Hockey Hall of Fame a bunch of times, but hockey didn't do the same for culture, like during wars and things that baseball did. So like there's a lot the, uh, of history that's embedded in baseball that I think, you know, being there and experiencing would be crazy. Uh, and then the last thing, just because it's, I, I got to imagine it's an experience unlike any other is, you know, going to a Liverpool game and trying and, you know, un, like seeing what, you know, footy fandom is really like, like I go to TFC game. I imagine, you know, being at Anfield is nothing like being at BMO. Like there's a different, camaraderie culture everything that is just probably inexplicable like i guess when you talk about bucket list it's because i don't think you could describe it or experience it unless you're actually there like there's nothing comparable i just i don't think you know when you watch you know soccer matches and you hear they're singing throughout the game and they're like it's just it's not it's unlike anything else so that's that's right up there and what I was going to say just remind- also oh, is I can't imagine tickets are like, I, lo- I don't think tickets for soccer games are uber expensive. I I've really checked. don't. Are they, are they, but we were, we were going to try to do uh knock one off on my bucket list when we were going over and it's not too bad. It's just, they're not playing at the time. So, yeah. So, but they're not, they're not egregiously expensive. No. Are they? That's it's not that's like going I mean. to a leaf game because yeah, because they got fucking, fly emirates on the front of their jersey instead of the team logo but yeah i think that would be awesome i'd love to do that before you know i kick the old bucket something that you reminded me of as you were saying that um i used to always bring up this topic of conversation when i was working as a bartender is trying to entertain myself during day shifts (laughs) and i would ask like regulars as they came in what if you had a time machine and this is going to be a topic of conversation maybe we talk about next week if we still have like not a whole lot in the sports to- uh, topic. So maybe we think about this question for next week. Um, you get a time machine and you can go back in time. And the way I'd phrase it was from music. And I would say something like, if you can go back to each decade and attend one concert, what would it be? Like where, would, what band would it be, where or artist or whatever, and what town and what venue and whatever. Maybe we take a sports spin on that and say, you have what a time game? machine, you can go back to any sports moment or sports game or event or whatever. 
what would that be? So think about that for next week. That's a good I one. like that. If, uh, but Maddie, we haven't heard your bucket list yet, though. Okay, so Jim knows this. I've been fortunate to knock off a few on my list in my life, mostly because my wife is an absolute champion. So one of them was to watch a Leaf game at Madison Square Garden. And that was a Christmas present one year. So I got to do that. Uh, another one was to go to the Winter Olympics. Um, and I did get to do that in Korea, in Pyeongchang, which was really, really cool. But like the remaining ones that I have, I kind of split them up between like things that I would, I, I was trying to decide on things that are possible to do versus things that will like never, ever, ever get to be done. Like your guys are possible to do. Like it's very easy to do yours guys. One of mine will never happen, but it's would forever be on the list. Um, I'd love to go to the Masters and watch the Masters at Augusta one year, but like the ultimate one would be to play around at Augusta. This is literally the plot of Happy Gilmore. <laughs> no, because he, he doesn't want to play Augusta. But for me, it was like gold I, jacket, green jacket. Who gives, gives a shit? <laughs> but I would love to go to Augusta and watch the Masters. Um, one year i think that'd be really really cool um i did talk to my wife about thinking maybe one year jim getting jim involved in seeing if we could go down for the masters one year and bring my dad as like a it's uh it's a lot of money it is a lot of money but you gotta have the egg but salad that, yeah but the, the sandwich <laughs> but everything there like when you get there everything's cheap like the sandwiches are like two bucks and the drinks are like a dollar fifty or fifty cents and shit like that like everything there is cheap but you like the actual tickets are expensive um so yeah so like going to augusta the one i was just mentioning jim was going to a soccer game at wembley like i really want to do that i really want to see a soccer game at wembley and then obviously for me would be cup final you know go to like a stanley cup final series and go to one of those games and wherever it is that would be <laughs> not here something i think yeah well i mean i would love for it to be here like the dream scenarios like yeah fuck you <laughs> the 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 dream scenario would be like a game seven here in toronto you know say like lease versus i don't know like blackhawks or something like that would be really cool but my heart couldn't handle that i know eh? so i like that those those things are definitely on my list and then i have like minor ones of like going to new zealand and watching an all blacks game and you know, shit like that. And obviously the Super Bowl. So two things that immediately jump out at me for that. One, I remember CM Punk having this tattoo, like probably around 2013. I don't remember the exact time of this, but it was a Stanley Cup on his arm or whatever. And underneath it, it said my summer vacation 2013 or whatever year it was. And it was the year the Blackhawks won the cup. And he said he like for the first time ever, like he took some time off wrestling. He's like, he went to every single yeah game of that cup run yeah like that's fucking dope man that'd be amazing and obviously we wouldn't know that like knock on wood maple leaves win the stanley cup like we wouldn't know going into that playoff round that they're going to win the stanley like you'll never know yeah, regardless exactly. of the elites or not you get the point like you're not going to know who's going to win but to be able to, to and be in that position yeah. to say i'm going to try to go to every game this playoff run and they just yeah. happen to go all the way and win it like that's that'd cool. be sick but yeah, so th those are just kind of mine. The other thing that jumped out at me when you were talking about that was the Masters. I was joking about Happy Gilmore, but like, I don't know if this is even possible, but I wonder, like, if you were so fucking rich, we're talking like 
Elon Musk rich, okay? And this is another thing I've just jotted down for another week. And I called it Ultimate Bachelor Party. Oh, okay. What if, and maybe this is, this is just kind of the idea of jumping off of for Ultimate Bachelor Party. What if you organize like a bachelor party of you and like a bunch of your buddies and say, we're going to rent out Augusta. <laughs> we're going to play oh, a tournament. So like, I'll, I've actually looked into this okay. to see what it would take. You can't do it. So Augusta has very, 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 very strict rules to the mm-hmm. point where like the richest people in the world can't even play there because one, you have to be a member to become a member. You have to be sponsored by a member and that sponsor has to like sponsor you. And then there's like all this like background checks that have to go through up until 2016. It was only men that were allowed to be members. Condoleezza Rice was the first female member to be a member at Augusta. And uh, I think per year, they only allow X amount of non-members to golf at Augusta National. I'm just saying, in the words of Ted DiBiase, everybody has a price. There you go. You, I would, you know what? I would say that potentially, but considering the amount of people that have tried and like very well-known people that have tried, I mean, I would say that they're probably just like, no, we've been around for 200 years. Like, you know what I mean? They'll survive without it. Yeah, it doesn't have to be Augusta, though, right? Like, you could oh. go to any, anyways. Pebble Beach, TPC Sawgrass, uh, right. Whistling Straits, fucking St. Andrews would be sick. So we'll put that one in the back pocket. Maybe let us know in the comments. Yeah. If you want to talk about Ultimate Bachelor Party next week, or if you want to talk about Send us Time Machine. List. Or, yeah, what your bucket list is. When we post Are the episode. We'll list, yeah. No, people. wow yes in the comments let us know what your sports bucket list is and then for next week let us know if you want to talk about time machine sports or you want to talk about the ultimate bachelor party and send in yours and we'll maybe we'll read some absolutely that being said i think it's time for everyone's favorite segment of the week That's right. It is time for everyone's favorite segment of the week because it is the segment where we get to hear Maven's entrance music from his incredibly long run in the WWF. Now, I thought I gave James plenty of time to cue that one up. Like I spoke pretty slowly there, but you know what? I'm just gonna I'm gonna blame that. I on had it. James. I pressed the button. It didn't go. Oh, I see. I see. That's how it goes sometimes. See, look, I'll I'm go playing first. the role of Mitch Marner. It wasn't my fault. <laughs> <laughs> it was the button so the, the button's it's the button it's the button it was in the button i saw mission impossible last night and my shout out of course goes to tom cruise <laughs> because there is no person on the planet who would do the stupid shit this guy does i honestly think that like they come up to tom and they're like hey we got a script for a new Mission Impossible movie. He's like, yeah, I fuck, I don't want to do that anymore. I'm good. But we're going to let you jump off a cliff with a motorcycle. I'm in. And that's <laughs> it. It's all you got to, doesn't, it doesn't matter how many dollars you put in front of Tom Cruise. You just tell him we're going to allow you to do something that's incredibly irresponsible and really fucking dangerous. And he's going to be all in for it. So shout out to Tom Cruise for doing his own stunts and 
just doing some of the craziest stuff we'll probably ever see in cinema ever because once his generation is wrapped up from acting i think (laughs) it's all gonna be ai right it's all gonna be cgi it's all gonna be artificially done these practical stunts are so rare in hollywood right now yeah and i don't know if we're ever going to see stuff like this again so i what drives me nuts about watching tom cruise do his stunts number one that guy clearly has no bucket list anymore like you can't you no, can't no. be him and have a bucket list number two there are, i've there are people that have gone this is my first time bungee jumping and then they go and then the thing snaps and they're dead this guy has done, you know what i mean like this guy has done way more than just that one time bungee jumping and manages to to escape scot-free so it's like a massive credit to keep doing it they're just tempting I'm, fate I'm each time yeah i'm yeah. convinced he wants to die on set like doing a stunt like that's how he wants to go out and he's like you capture this on film and you fucking show people <laughs> that sounded like him <laughs> so that's but yeah no that dude's like and you know what he does it because like people are like oh he's just an adrenaline junkie no he does it because he loves film and he loves entertaining people in the best way possible yeah so like give him all the criticism about his scientology shit whatever the dude just loves entertaining people you want to go or you want me to go I can go. So my shout out is to a recently discovered TikTok account that I found. And it's like a comedian, but the whole thing is um, he's like super like hoity-toity British and he compliments people in the best way. And they're just like walking. His name is Troy Hawk. I think I've seen this guy. Is he like dressed up and shit and like as people walk by it? Yeah, okay. I've seen this Yeah, And he's just like, your picture of perfection of a symmetrical face He's like, your stride shows no lack of confidence. And it's just, honestly, it's just one of the most entertaining and just good-spirited things that you can ever see. And I actually found him because uh, CBS hired him for the Genesis Scottish Open uh, this year to uh, greet players as they walked in. And that was the first time I saw him. And then I went into a hole into this dude's YouTube and TikTok. And it's just so entertaining and with so much negative shit in the world these days that to see something like this where it's just just genuinely good it's just like i'm i'm in so that's my shout out all right mine is to the wimbledon champion men's champion carlos alcaraz because guess what daddy's home this guy is going to be the new king of tenant and fuck djokovic that piece of shit that like the most unlikable person in the history of sports like he's got to be up there and maybe that's another thing we can do down the line i think we've done villains but like purely unlikable people like this guy like i don't know what it is i look at him i'm just like like fuck your tall face like everything like all of it it's just so annoying and i i like i don't like federer but i can respect federer i love nadal i i respect the hell out of pete sampras andre agassi all these guys Joker, Joker, like, f- fuck that guy. So watching Carlos Alcaraz win Wimbledon, put this guy in his place, that kid's 22, which means he's got, like, a fucking runway to start mm-hmm. racking up Grand Slam wins and taking over this jabroni. Let's fucking go. Well, like, write this guy prodigy. away. Get get the, whatever it is, like, the, the page or whatever it is, Bic, the whiteout, Djokovic's name off the books. Get this guy in there. So my shout out is to yep. Alcaraz for winning Wimbledon at 22 over possibly actually, the GOAT. He was, he was actually going to be mine. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to go with this guy. So well on you. They, like I said, they call the kid the prodigy. So Yeah. I mean, you're like, he's, he's 
could be the tennis for the next 15 years, which is crazy. Well, I think that also just the fact that Maddie said prodigy, I think that also requires you to go and look up the band prodigy and listen to breathe and smack smack my my bitch bitch up (laughs) because those are, those are some timeless songs that fire starter. I think we, a fire starter. He's a fire starter. Twisted fire fire starter. (laughs) Yo, rest in peace to that dude. Yo, yeah, rip. Yeah. No, but that's like, honestly, like Prodigy was one of those things where they may not have been on the regular playlist, but if you were like in the change room or getting ready for like a sport or like fat of the land. Oh my God. You get hyped up on some Prodigy. So yeah, no, I agree. we, We hope we got you hyped for today's episode and we hope we have you hyped for next week's episode where we may discuss time machine sports or we may discuss ultimate bachelor party we want you to let us know what you'd rather hear on next week's episode but that's it for this week's episode thank you for joining us and until next time take care of yourselves and each other